guys, we back. JD's Iowa Hawk, the Hawkeyes, right? The sir, primetime. Uh, the Hawkeyes like I think right now. trying to win themselves a, a uh, championship. <laughs> sir, episode 20. Hyped. What's I-90 up, though, guys? Me and my man JD are back. Episode 20. His his uh, his Iowa Hawkeyes are trying to trying to beat up them. Trying them, to stay involved. Uh, trying to beat up Michigan there for the for the championship. So, but we're back Let's at it. Happens. Me and JD are back at it. We got another loaded show for y'all tonight. This is uh, we got a lot of good a lot of good topics to uh to talk about. Um, that we do. We'll, we'll start off with uh, we'll just dive into it with the NFL first. Um. So some big games coming up for both teams, the Bears and the Patriots. The Bear, the the Pats taking on the Bills. Um, this one's going to be. This is a big game. This this is this has major playoff seating implications. Huge, but yeah, huge, big, big game for them. Um, and it's going to be in some nasty weather. It's not going to be friendly in, up in Buffalo this weekend. It's uh, this this Monday night. It's supposed to be rainy and nasty and and. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm gonna I'm thinking that's gonna go that that's gonna be in the the Pats' favor because that because of the way that that team is built we are we are built to run the football we're a run team first so this this crappy weather and this you know nasty you know heavy wind and heavy rain that we're that you know we're expecting to get in Buffalo it it plays right into uh how the Patriots, you know, like to operate. They, 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 they like that smash mouth game and they'll, they'll run the clock out on you at any given opportunity. Um, so I wanted to, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the offensive side of the football. Um, lately, Josh McDaniels and the play calling have been very good as of late. You know, these, the, the stretch of games, the six game stretch that they've had for the most part, the, the play for the most part, the play calling has been been very good from Josh. He's been on his game. Um, he's been on his game as a whole. He may have like a bad quarter here and there, um, but it usually goes. It, it's usually no more than like a quarter where he, you know, it's it's. I just think there are times in the game where he just tries to get too cute instead of trying to stay more like on what's working, but he'll go right back to it. So it's almost like, you know, but in, in his defense, the Patriots have, you know, had a lot, have had massive leads in these six games that they've, that they've kind of been playing in. Um, Big leads, big leads. I think the last six games the Patriots have outscored. I think they're. I think they've outscored their opponents 165 to 35 in the last six games. It's truly amazing what uh, what they've rebuilt so fast. It's, it's crazy. Th- that should be a major talking point too. Um, that that we should really try it. Like that, you know. I think a lot more people should uh, should be focusing on that. Is is. They they brought Cam Newton in last year. You know, I I, I truly right. think they didn't really have a plan for the Brady. You know, for the Brady exit, like they were they were hoping he would stay. And because Kraft, I I fully believe Kraft wanted him to end his career as a Patriot. I, I really, um, I really do believe that Robert Kraft wanted him to end his career as a Pat. And that when he did, when that wasn't apparent, you know, me and you covered that whole story in nauseum. We followed it from start <laughs> yeah. to finish, man. And it was. You know that that when they when he exited, I truly think they were in a little bit of a scramble for a while. They were they, I I think they were. I think they were in a little bit of a scramble, and then they so they brought Cam Newton in, 
and it was a rebuild year. They they had no money to deal much of it to do much of anything, um, and they weren't gonna. They didn't want to sacrifice that money towards Tom to try because they need they were gonna try and rebuild the team. So they you know they go seven and nine last year, and it's you know they they win as much as they can. They they won as many games as they could. That was it was gonna be a rough year last year, and like you just said, what they have done and rebuilt and and you know gotten this train back on the tracks as quickly as I mean. One and a half seasons, you know, one one season in, is, in the first like, six games. You know, it took them to it took them to to kind of re re redirect that that ship and get it going in the right direction. But that's I mean, that's something that should be said, how fast they did it. It's amazing to me that when Bill Belichick, in my opinion, Bill Belichick sabotaged Tom Brady and the first in the in the last season of uh this of the year or his last season as a Patriot, he sabotaged him by not getting him any talent. And uh, everyone keeps saying that they didn't have the money to pay Tom Brady. But from what I know, he, he didn't ask for that much money, but maybe it was kind of like a year to year thing. All I know is that now a Bill Belichick wanted full control. He got full control and it really only took him what you said a year and a half to get, to get right to back it. in the Super Bowl conversation. Cause that's what they're at. Here's the thing, man. When you can run the ball like that in this late in December, when you're running the ball like that, January, February, when you are running the ball like they've been running the ball, and if you can continue this pace playing defense, anything could happen. That's 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 where I stand with that. Any anything at all could happen when you're playing like that. But that's funny you say like Bill sabotaged him because like he did. For, but he 100% for years, did. I mean, for years and years now, the rumors were that he's wanted to try and kind of. You know, they, and they, they still the made rumors, the playoffs. The, the rumors were that they've, they've, I think they've always, they were at some point, there was a mutual understanding where it's like, let's just try and do it. You know what I mean? Let's just try and do it somewhere else. Cause it would add yeah. to both of their legacies. If Bill succeeded without him, it would add to Bill's. And if Tom succeeded without him, it would add to Tom. So they're, they're both, yeah. I mean, they wanted, they, they wanted to split both of them. Yeah. Did. yeah. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you could tell that Bill, like Tom was starting to stretch his wings a little bit. All right, I don't want some power. And Bill yeah. was like, the f*** you do. You are getting zero power. I'm having all the power. So he slowly was just like, all right, see you, Tom. You want $30 million? No, we can't do it. Sorry, bye. But no, it's, so. it's, it's what that's, that's, that's a lot. Like, I could absolutely see that where Brady was trying to increase his reach and his say a little bit. That's what it really was but about. See, Bill's. Bill's just not that type of a coach where he's willing to give that. Cause once you give something like that, I think it's hard to take it back and he's smart. True. You know what I mean? Once yep. you give something like that to a guy like that, it's hard to take it back. So Bill, I think ultimately Bill and the team made the right is made the right choice for the, for the long. It's term. looking that way. Yeah, yeah, I, you know it, I mean? It's looking that way. It's starting to look that way. That's for, for the long term. I mean, it's it's hard to argue that he that they didn't that Kraft didn't make the right choice in choosing Bill. At the time, I was on the Brady train. Obviously, I was saying yeah. Brady's the reason of the of you know, and I have said it for you. I'm like Brady's the real reason, man. He's the real reason, and I do think to some degree that he definitely contributed more than a lot of people give him credit for. But Bill is still an incredible coach, and I think that like he's proving it more and more. Yeah, just, he's, he just keeps proving it over and over every year. But that's so this like this like this season means I think this season means a lot to Bill. I think it does. I think this season and then 
And like the, the next like five years, I think mean a lot to Belichick. I really do. I think they mean a lot to him and what his, the next five years mean a lot to him and his legacy. What, what the end of his, what did his career looked like without Tom? And if he's still continuing to win division titles and win, you know, and win at a high level. It's a huge game for that, for that legacy right here. Yeah. That's what it's a, it's a big game. It's a very, very big game. Um, but it, uh, to me, all of these signs—the crappy weather, the 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 crappy weather, the the suspect—you know—I think I think Bills defense, um, I think the Bills defense is a little suspect in the run game, and I do think that the Patriots can succeed running the football on them. And if that, um, you know, so getting back to like the offensive points, like I want to. I, the, the weather, you know, definitely weather playing into this game. It bodes well for how the Patriots are built, you know, just run the football, run the clock out and keep Josh Allen off the field, keep him off the field and not, don't let him, don't let him do damage. Um, the, uh, the, the, um, offensive line for the Patriots has been playing very, very well. And I, I would expect that type of play, um, to continue. Like I I don't see any drop. This is a game that the O-line loves. You know, offensive linemen love these kind of games because the run blocking, dude, pass blockings work for them. Run blocking, they just get to run a motherfucker's soul over, you know, and they they love it, you know. Dude, when we used to when we used to when I used to when I was playing, we I used to hate pass block and I would do it. I would do it because I had to, so I wouldn't get the you know my quarterback killed, right? right? It, it's but yeah, it, it's not, it's pass blocking's not pass blocking's not fun. Run blocking's fun for for an offensive lineman. It really can be steamroll people, right? Absolutely. So you this see is, a safety right there. You just you yeah, know, and, you, yeah. You get to just flatten people, and it's absolutely this the, the weather. Like I, I, there's a lot of just outside factors to me that that add you know that that are in the Patriots' favor in this game. Um, off big time offensively, they can rotate in Stevenson and and and. Uh, rotate in Stevenson and and Harris and keep them fresh and just uh, the one of the biggest points for me in, on the offensive side of the football is long sustained drives like eat eat six minutes off of a clock even if you come away with even if you come away with a field goal that drive that that drive that you that you push down the field just took six minutes off the clock that's a quarter you know that's that's ha- almost half a, a quarter you know what I mean like it's it's I want to see them run it effectively and, and just eat the clock because if, if Allen is off the field, he can't hurt you. No. Yeah. hundred percent. If, if you can, if you can control the time of possession, anything can happen in this game. And also I feel like the bills have been one thing. They have been incredibly talented, but they've also been inconsistent. And that's mm-hmm. something that, it's nothing – I wouldn't say it has to do with the coach. I'd say it more relies on the quarterback and the defense. The defense has been inconsistent, but but talented, not not a bad defense. I'm not saying they're uh, they're bad. It's just they've had moments where they kind of, kind of let things go and let things get away from them. And same with Josh Allen. There's been moments of, of inconsistency when it comes to his accuracy. Uh, one thing I want to hit on for the Patriots offense is, yes, I 100% agree with you on the running uh, point. I've heard a lot in the last few weeks about uh, Mac Jones not being able to throw over the top, him having issues and all this stuff like that. I want to say something really quick about that. Dak Prescott 
couldn't throw over the top for like three years. Neither could Tom Brady. Neither could, I think, Russell Wilson. It takes a little bit of time to be comfortable doing stuff like that. It takes uh, footwork technique. And I think that Mac Jones, being as accurate and as efficient as he is, he's doing exactly what he should do. He's got mm -hmm. a strong running game. He's got a strong – there shouldn't be – they shouldn't be trying to go over the top. They shouldn't be testing things like that. Not that he couldn't do it. It's just I don't see the point. Why not play to your strengths? And I and I think Belichick loves that. I think he, Belichick loves having the young quarterback again where he can just kind of dictate everything the quarterback knows. I think Belichick's getting off to this. I bet he has more energy coaching lately than he has in years. I, I, I bet that is a fact. I bet that's the case. He's – I think something this year refocused him. Like or, or either that or or he knew that like – I refuse to believe that Belichick is not a smart enough coach to realize that last year was going to be tough last year when, like I said, I, I really, Absolutely. I don't think there was a real exit plan for Brady. I think that was one of those things where it was like, okay, we'll just address it when it happens. And I think they got caught with their pants down a little bit and had to go through a season and just kind of figure it out. But you know, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I do think that's, um, that's kind of what happened. And it's so bill did the best he could with what he had last year. And they, they won as many games as they listen, seven and nine is not like a, a failure of a season. It's, I mean, is it under 500? Yeah. But like, it's, no, not, it's not like they went two and it's not like they tanked and went and had two or three or four wins. They, you know, like they absolutely bill is too proud to tank a season. He will never, he would never, even when Brady left me and you had talked about this too. He's too proud of a coach to do that. He would never do that. No, he, he didn't need to. That's, that's the impressive thing about Bill Belichick. He, he didn't need to tank a season to, to continue his success. And it also should, it, excuse me. It also should be mentioned that he lost. What was it? Four, three or four, uh, starters because they were not participating due to the uh to do the I'm not going to say it what it is but you know what it is they they the were old, not participating the old C19 yeah that exactly I don't want to you know whatever get in trouble but regardless uh that for that reason he lost like four starters it wasn't just Tom Brady there was so nine you nine nine opt outs last year okay I don't dang. Yeah, so nine. there's nine opt-outs, plus the you most, lose your helm, most, the most your quarterback. In the, NFL. the most so you, in the NFL. You have Cam Newton trying to learn a new a new system. You have Tom Brady just leaving a, a situation where he's been there 20 years. So Josh McDaniels has to learn a new quarterback, basically. And uh, the quarterback, is he's also injured all the time. Cam Newton should be noted. He's always yeah. injured. It's not his fault. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying it's a fact. He's always injured. So that's another problem. And then you have this pandemic situation. So you have eight people, what do you say, eight, nine people not opt out? Not nine nine opt people out, yeah. opt out. That's insane. So you have all those people opt out, a lot of them being starters. So Belichick, and he still won seven games just by being a good coach. Then he gets a rookie quarterback. He gets a relatively high pick, not really a high pick, but just like kind of in the middle, a middle pick in the first round. And he gets a moderate talent who is a smart kid and he grooms them up real fast to the point where this kid beats out this old starter. He can cut the old starter, save $5 million. And you know, it's like cut cam, save $5 million. I mean, Belichick is, is really, he's masterful, man. He's masterful. Like it's, it's truly amazing. Uh, 
And I feel like Mac Jones is is truly lucky to have Belichick. I think if he would have if if Mac Jones would have ended up in a situation, and I'm not disparaging Mac Jones, this could happen to anyone. In my opinion, AJ McCarron or Greg McElroy or uh, all these guys, a lot of these guys from these winning uh, schools that are pretty good guys, that are accurate, smart guys, a lot of them just ended up in really bad situations. They all could have been Tom Brady. Uh, and I'm not saying Tom Brady didn't earn everything. I, I shouldn't say they could have been Tom Brady, but they could have been a successful quarterback. They could have been more successful than they were, rather, is what I'm trying to say. Even Mark Sanchez, people like that. Yeah. If they had a coach like Belichick is what I'm trying to say. Oh, Mac yeah. Jones is in a great situation, and I think that he'll develop really well. And I think that if he has the right attitude, which it looks like he does, then the sky's the limit for this guy. I mean, he's, he, is a, he is a pretty athletic kid. He's not... He's not horribly unathletic. I mean, look at Brady <laughs> for real. So, um, no, it's it's a sight to see. I, I definitely think the Patriots. The sky's the limit. Did you? They could literally. They could be the. Think about this. Think about if Belichick became the first coach to win. A, it, maybe um, maybe this isn't true, but I'm pretty sure it's true. The first coach to win with a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl. Has that ever happened before? Fact check me on that. I'm gonna look that up really quick, no, but I'm I, pretty sure that has never happened. No, I think it never. I think you're correct. It's he would be the first coach to ever win with a rookie. Yeah, that would be something to chase too. If you're Belichick, just to check off the box. Like, by the way, I took this kid, Mac Jones. Won he won a national title and then he won a Super Bowl with me. So that'd be interesting. No, it de- it definitely would. Um, the um, another thing that kind of plays in the Pats' favor today today. Or I mean, uh, uh, Monday. That's uh, gonna gonna play in their favor Monday night is, um, uh, the when it comes to the play calling as of late, like we t- touched on earlier, Josh has been really aggressive, and I think if that that continue, like he's no longer like feeling guy. You know, it, it's like okay, let's take three drives to see what we got, and then absolutely just drop the hammer on it and and go. You know, that's. And I think that that type of an attitude from him in a game like this needs needs to continue. They need to Buffalo Buffalo right now. I think is is like they're right on the edge of collapsing, dude. If we if we end this game, if we if we absolutely demolish them and beat them bad this game, that could be the like that could send them into a tailspin because I think they're like you had touched on their inconsistencies. Th- this could send them in a tailspin if we if we really do beat them bad. Well, Belichick has, you know, he's, he has something to prove here. Uh, he's he's saying, you know what, you're not, you're never coming. This is always going to be my division. That's what he's wants. That's what he wants to say to Belichick. Uh, he, but he does respect. He this. He knows this is a big game for sure. Um, I would also say that that uh, the Bills rather. This is going to be like a big game going for like the future of their division. Um, yeah. Also, uh, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, I lost it for a second. Josh McDaniels, he knows exactly what he has in Mac Jones now. That's why he. That's why uh, he's kind of more comfortable, I think. And mm-hmm. also, uh, they cannot pull their punches against Buffalo. You're right. If if they can, if they can kind of just pound them like they've pounded the Jets and like other teams, really show them something, have a good game, or at least have a really good game against them, win or lose, a nice tough 
physical game, that yeah. would that would be a big statement for the like, hey, we're not going anywhere. If you want to win this division, you're gonna have to go through New England. So that's kind of what I was gonna say. Sorry, I lost it there for a second. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's the the AFC East is back to being interesting now. It's it's back to being it's back to being interesting now right. because now Buffalo hat now it's us in Buffalo fighting it out again. You know, it's it, it, it's they thought they, they had a cakewalk last year and it, and it's not going to be. That's the thing, though. They, they they took the division last year handily, easily. Right. Right. It it's, ain't gonna it's too be easy like last that. year. It yeah, exactly. Gonna, you know, it ain't going to be like that this year. If they if they're going to win the division, they're going to have to they're going to have to rip it from the Patriots cold, dead hands. You know, <laughs> The gloves are off. <laughs> that's what this game has to be. Has yeah. to be has to take the gloves off. Uh, has to be, especially in the snow, you're gonna have to get physical. You're gonna have to. Every hit's gonna be a little bit harder because you know, it's gonna hurt more. That's the thing. Like it's it's legitimately going to hurt more. It's if if, if anyone uh, has ever played in really cold, cold weather, weather yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that first couple hits are you know what I mean. That's everything. So you know, if they're soft, then you're gonna have a nice easy game. But if they're hard, it's it's not gonna be an easy game. They gotta come out really really hard. Uh, and I'm sure the Patriots know that that's that's the Patriots have been doing it for 20 years. So at least if not longer. So let's swap it over to the defensive side of the ball now um, for the for the for the Pats. Um, they they just like the offense, they got to come out swinging. They got to come out sw- like like, you know, what I mean, like they, they have got to come out swinging, you know, swinging, man. No, no. No back, you know, they're in enemy territory. They're in, you know, that's, they're in Buffalo. Absolutely. It's Buffalo's the home team. It's, they got to come out. The defense has got to send a message that, that, you know, like you said, you know, hit them, man, hit, hit them. You know, if you got a chance to lay a, lay a hit on somebody, hit them, you know? I think the key to the game, as far as the defense goes, is confusing Josh Allen. And he's a guy who is susceptible to being confused, but he's also a guy who's incredibly talented. So you have to worry about that. It's like, is, 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 is easily, um, as many mistakes as he makes, he also makes ridiculous plays. Mm-hmm. So he, he really is like a guy where you get the best of both worlds. He might make a horrible fumble, horrible interception, but he also might make a ridiculous throw where you can't even guard it. So you got to worry about that or a ridiculous run. He's athletic as, as it looks, cause it is, I mean, he's like six, six and ridiculously athletic. He's a freak. So got to no, watch out for that too. Josh Allen's no slouch, dude. He is no slouch. He's a good, he is a, a good big boy. quarterback. <laughs> he really is. He's a good quarterback. They um that was my next that was my gonna be my next talking point is the defensive we have got to keep him in in the pocket he if because if yep. he, like you said if he gets outside the pocket that's where he does a lot of his damage whether it's with his legs you know running the football or or you know just he's very good at ad libbing and throwing on the run you know like and just make like you said making ridiculous throws across his body accurate accurate throws to to you know receivers on a broken play he's he's really good at that and the pats have got to do everything that they can to keep him keep him in the pocket because i think i think the interior defensive line can collapse the pocket fast enough you know where you know i just think that the interior line can do their job and collapse that pocket if they can hold him in it that will be the key for sure. It will be it will be controlling Josh Allen and then controlling the time of possession on offense. But yeah, the defense has got to has got to control him. Has got to limit him. And I and I bet I ha- I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to put a dollar on it that at Belichick has a little something for him. He's going to have some confusing 
you know, defensive back schemes where like, oh, they line up differently. They line up weird. You know what I mean? Then they all of a sudden they switch. I could see that from Belichick. He He's always creative with um, with guys who throw down the field like that. I've always noticed that. Like you never know where his where his DBs are going to be. So that I'm, I'm excited to see that part of it for sure. See what Belichick has up his sleeve because <laughs> he's always got something. I think he knows too the 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 I think he knows what this game means. If they win this game, if they if they win this game, they're if they win this game, they're going to the playoffs. Because all they get that's is, true. That's definitely they win true. This game, they're going to the playoffs because that's the other even 100%. if they lose the next one to Buffalo, right? If they right. all they have to do is win one of these next two games to in Buffalo and they go to playoffs. Seriously, that that's because the rest of their games are layups. So the two Buffalo ones and I think the Indy one they're going to win too. But the Indi, people are saying Indianapolis, but guess what? We're, we're gonna you know Indy will be fine. We'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll take care yeah. of Indianapolis. I mean, either I mean. This is a big game because even if you don't take care of Indianapolis, at least you got this game under your belt. Um, Belichick is not like I was watching Man in the Arena, and it, it it highlights a lot about Belichick's mentality. Belichick enjoys losses. He likes when people lose because then he can throw it right back in his team's face on Monday or on Tuesday. They can be like, "Hey guys, look at this. You suck." So I I would I wouldn't be surprised if they have a big loss before the playoffs, but they make the playoffs. I don't know. I think that Belichick, there's there's a lot of focus going into the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is this is like probably the most hyped he's been in a while. I'm pretty sure, probably since the last Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no, it, it's dude. There's there's a lot riding on this game, like a a lot. There is, especially in the AFC. So bragging rights in the AFC East, playoff implications, and just overall seating. Like the Patriots are trying to hunt down that number one seat in the AFC, not just their division, the number one seat in the AFC. Because if they win one game against the all they get, they could go six and you know down the when we talked a couple weeks ago, six and two down the stretch was doable. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's doable. It's probable. Uh, especially when they're running the ball like that, it's it's hard to beat any team when they run the ball like the Patriots do. So, and like, and they they've been playing really good defense. Obviously, I know they've been playing defense. They've been having an insane insane amounts of turnovers too. Uh, that's that's definitely um something that, and that's a direct reflection upon coaching and uh, just the young DBs that they have. So th- this will be uh this will be an interesting couple of weeks. And tomorrow. I hope it snows a lot. I'd love to see a nice old northeastern snowy game, you know, just like like we've seen. That I like to see that over by you guys. I don't want it to snow by so me. The, the weather forecast, it's 85 to 90% heavy heavy rain and wind. It's going to be a nasty oh ugly game in Buffalo. Yeah, it's the That's weather bad. is not it's it's not going to be good, dude. You're going to see a this is going to be a a knockdown dragon. It's going to be a slugfest, you know. It's it, the but and here's so so let's so keep it on the defensive side of the football for the Pats. If they shut the rundown, and Buffalo really doesn't have a running game, if they shut the rundown and, and make Allen have to just throw the football, the, Buffalo's cooked. Buffalo's cooked. Right. If they if if they turn into a one dimensional team, our secondary is going to feast. They, they'll, dude, Especially they'll have, if it's windy, yeah. They'll have three interceptions, at least. If they if Buffalo cannot run the football in this weather on us and we stop and we stop the run, they're 
they're they're cooked, dude. They're toast. They have got even if they're running it into a wall and not getting anything, like a yard, yard and a half, two yards. They still have to run the ball because if they if they let Josh throw the ball forty times, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose that game. Well, if he does throw the ball forty times and the weather is crappy and they have a good scheme and they have a good, uh, that's that's gonna be a bad game for them. So. I, I think you're right. I think if the, the Bills have to get the run game going, and I'm sure the Patriots, well, I'm sure all of them know that, and that's going to be the focus of uh, yeah, going into this next game. It'll probably be the focus of the entire game plan is just stop the run and, you know, if if keep Josh in the pocket, basically. Keep Josh in the pocket, stop the run, basically. is that That's probably what I, what I would think. For sure. Yeah, they, they, they like the, 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 um, defense the the defensive and offensive lines are where this game's going to be won and lost. If they if if the Patriots' defensive line can can get pressure on Josh Allen and keep him in the pocket and collapse it and, and get this and you know if they get three sacks they're going to win this game. And on the offensive side oh, yeah. of the ball, right? And on the offensive side of the ball, if they run the if the Patriots run the ball successfully, it's over. It's over for for Buffalo. It's cartons for them. They're done. They. they Buffalo has got to put the ball in Mac Jones's hands 40 times and, and see what the kid can do going to have, having to go through the air. But I Bill's one of those guys where he's not going to let that happen. You know what I mean? He won't let Mac Jones in weather like this, throw the football 30, 35 times. You know, he, he won't, he just won't. No, he doesn't want to embarrass. He doesn't want to expose him in any way. And he's probably, I mean, he it's might, he might him up for, yeah. for failure. When you throw a he's football a- like that in nasty, nasty, windy, rainy weather, you're going to, you're going to sail, you know, five, 10 foot, you know, you're going to sail five or 10 of those throws. And if, and if they don't end up out of bounds, they could end up in the hands of a defender, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if it is rainy, windy, you're going to have to run the ball. And I'm sure Belichick knows that uh, it's going to have to be a run first situation um, and run stopping situation. So yeah, the, the bills, that's probably what they're nervous about. They have to run. They, they can't throw. Uh, especially Allen, he only completes like 65 at best percent of his throws anyway. So, I mean, he can throw some really nice, accurate deep balls, but he, he, he'll he definitely miss a few. And if it's windy, you can't sail that ball up in the air that long. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Is it going to be uh, either a crazy game or a, a, a low-scoring game, <laughs> one or the other? Yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. So let's – um. Let's keep it to football here. We're going to stay in the NFL. We're going to go. Uh, we will go down the pike and down Route 90 headed into the Windy City. And let's talk about the Bears and Cards game coming up. <laughs> so I, I just want to get your I just want to get your thoughts on on that that game. Well, I mean. As far as I know, Justin Fields still has broken ribs, uh, and there's no reason to rush him back. So no. Andy Dalton is the starter. Um, this is it, all this is, as far as I can see, is an audition for everyone. Like because we know who uh, the future of the Chicago Bears franchise is. It's it's Justin Fields. It's Roquan Smith. It's David Montgomery. It's Jalen Johnson. And everyone else is kind of just, I mean, probably Khalil Mack too, but everyone else is kind of just uh, 
auditioning kind of like see okay where do i fit in this situation including Who's the coaches gonna be here next year situation <laughs> exactly and andy dalton is probably saying i, I want to get out of here i don't i mean maybe he likes being the backup for justin fields and if that's the case fine you know what he's not a horrible backup i wouldn't mind keeping him around especially at his rate only 10 million dollars it's not it's not too bad uh, but Andy Dalton's going to try to show out. So I assume that they're going to play – Andy Dalton's going to play pretty well, I, I would assume. Uh, now, is everyone else going to play pretty well? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if the, the line's going to hold up for him. I don't know if uh, the run game will get going. We'll see. But I agree. Um, I think you told me off script something like – or off, off, off camera that uh, if Nagy loses this game or something like that, like um, – like, oh, this I is a big it, game yeah, for him. It, I put it in the script notes. I oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So my, it's my a big game. Yeah, tell me about that. question to you would be, so let's let's ask it in here, right? My my biggest question to my, felt my buddy over here, the Bears fan, if the Bears get blown out in this game and they aren't competitive, does Nagy lose his job? I mean, it's it's been like that for the last three weeks. Everyone asks, oh, if he, if he loses, he loses his job. And – I think that I think that maybe it's one of two things is happening here. Either they really are going to stick with Matt Nagy or they're actively looking for his replacement and he's just kind of there. And I don't know which one of those things are, are true, but I don't think that anything that happens next week will have any impact on that decision. I think that decision was made either before or after the Lions game. And, and what I mean by that is this. So I really believe that rumor that came out that if he lost to the Lions, then, and I really think this matters in Chicago. Like a lot of people don't think this. They're like, well, you know, look at the overall body work. Yeah, no, isn't no, that a division it doesn't game? matter. It's the freaking Lions, dude. Like you have yeah. to beat the, you cannot, it's, we're the Bears. Like you don't lose. So, like, we know, like, this is a known thing. So, I really do think that maybe there's a chance, and I don't know if this is the case, but there's a chance. That like it's like Rick said, they're not gonna they're not gonna fire him until after the season. So if they decide to fire him, they're gonna wait till I think now they're gonna wait till um after the season to fire him. But if they're not, then they made that decision based on the Lions game. They said, okay, well, even though we're down bad and we have all these injuries, we still beat the Lions, right? We're still gonna beat the Lions under Matt Nagy. So that's kind of what I think they maybe thought. But if they didn't think that, then Ted Phillips is like, well, he's going to be fired, but at the end of the season. So we'll just look at the players that he drafted that, and kind of see what dude, we want to keep. You guys, the Bears almost did lose to the Lions. Like it, we almost, almost did. lost to the so, Lions. And that is, well, almost isn't losing, though. So I think that they definitely, you know what I mean? Like that, that is a thought process. It's like, well, they didn't lose, though. It's like they did, they did beat the Lions, and they, they usually beat the Lions. Uh, so I, I don't know, honestly, what Ted Phillips wants to do. Um, because I'm not, I, you notice how I didn't say Ryan Pace. I'm fairly certain Ryan Pace is going to get fired for how he handled the, uh, I don't know about Matt Nagy, but I'm fairly certain the GM is going to get fired by the end of the season. I think that, that by the end of the year, that's the, now correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, um, he's the GM the president, Pace, right? Ryan Pace. Or he's the GM, not the president. Ted Phillips is the president. Pace is the GM. So G- I think, think he's Pace getting fired. fired? I think Pace will be fired. And it's I don't think Pace is a bad GM, but I think he handled this year so badly that they are going to uh move on from him as an executive because yes, he did have a few good talent accusations, but here's the thing. Pace drafted 
Trubisky and traded Jordan Howard, right? Those are two really bad things that he did. Yeah. Uh, and also, Matt Nagy is the one that really wanted Justin Fields. So Ted Phillips is going to look at that and say, well, I like Justin Fields. Matt Nagy is the one who wanted him. I'm not saying he's going to make Matt Nagy the president, but he might look at like, okay, well, let's talk to a new GM, see what the GM wants to keep Matt Nagy. Right? He, yeah, exactly. It might keep him from getting fired. It's possible Matt Nagy might not get fired because of that, because if he made a few good decisions in, in, in that. But I think Ryan Pace is gone. I think Ryan Pace by the end of the season is gone uh, because he somebody has to have the axe for how bad the salary cap was handled. And who else is going to ha- – who else can get that axe besides Ryan Pace? The salary cap was just absolutely destroyed. Uh, and, and that's the thing. I do think uh, – I d- he said he needed to grind the clock out to beat the plumb lines. Exactly. But we did win, though. Okay, highlights, we won. So you didn't lose the line. I did say – I remember it's like uh, – I remember thinking that. Like, okay – we cannot lose to the Lions. If we lose to the Lions, then I am out on Nagy. You're gone. But we didn't lose. Yeah, we had to do it. I remember you know? I te- I text you at the end of that game. We with didn't like, lose. I text you at the end with like five minutes to go, and I was like, if you guys lose to the Lions, like Nagy should, dude. They they should just take Matt. If you guys lost to the Lions, they should go down there and take Matt Nagy's five to get into the building, like right on the spot. Out of here. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Because. The Lions are terrible, dude. Like that's, th- and it's kind of a pride thing too. It's like, all right, we can lose to the Packers a couple times when we're when we're injured or whatever. We can lose to the Vikings, maybe. You can't lose to the Lions, especially when they're like zero and eight. Like <laughs> this is not so, the Calvin Johnson Lions. So let's let's like dive into it a little bit. So offensively, what do you think? If so, I take it here. So first of all, let's get one thing perfectly clear. I think you guys should just shut down Fields for the year. Agreed. Agreed. You just shut him down and, and just say, yep. look, and Justin, you're the, you're the future. Andy Dalton's just a backup. We are not yep. going to risk your long-term health so you can get killed out there with no offensive line and no help. Like, no, we're going to keep you on the bench and just mm-hmm. let you recover and be fine. And Andy Dalton can be the sacrificial lamb and just finish the season off whatever, how it ever goes. Until his ribs are literally 150% better, like to the point where he's itching to get back on the field, then no, keep him on the bench. There's no reason to rush him back. We're not winning anything this year. We probably won't make the playoffs. I said that after week like six, I think, uh, because I realized like how disoriented our our, um, offensive line was. I was just like, there's no way we're going to be with this offensive line. There's no way we can even compete in our own division. Like there's just no way. So yeah, it is what it is. The the create the, the the thing that's weird to me about that it's such because me and you had talked in like week four, mm-hmm. like week four, and I and I remember saying like the interior the, me and you talked like week four about the Chicago Bears interior line, the mm-hmm. center and the two guards, and they weren't like they were serviceable, they weren't like terrible to but dude the offensive line the wheels have fallen off that 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 old line all <laughs> of it now the interior it's a unit tackle, like it, it's all bad. When 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 white hair, it's it doesn't matter how good white hair is. If everyone else around him sucks, it doesn't matter because he'll have yeah. one guy, and then everyone else is yeah. So it's so and, and like that goes back to why they need to fire Ryan Pace because Ryan Pace looks at this t- terrible offensive line in the offseason last year and goes, eh, it's okay, all right, fine. I'll just spend like twenty more million dollars on the defense. Eh, whatever, 
Who cares? And that right there is fireable. I'm sorry, especially when you draft. You're gonna draft a rookie quarterback and do that? What are you stupid? Yeah, like, no, you you had you had just you just said what I was gonna bring up to you. Like, like why if you what? weren't gonna address the offensive line in the draft, why draft a, your like next franchise quarterback? Because he's gonna be running for his life. Derp. Like for real. Like absolutely, that's ridiculous. Like yeah, you did make the right choice, and I think they. Everyone says that Matt Nagy chose Justin Fields. If that's true, and Justin Fields, I mean, he already has shown flashes of really, you know, greatness. I, I wouldn't say like he's, you know, Deshaun Watson status yet, but he's shown flashes of being really talented. So if that's true, it'd be hard for me to say, all right, fire Matt Nagy because he just drafted this kid and he's made it to the playoffs two of the last four years. I kind of want to give Matt Nagy one more year. If it were me, like gun to my head, you know, it's my choice. I'm going to give Matt Nagy one more, maybe two more years. But Ryan Pace is fired. You have a new GM. Let's say you get rid of Pace and you put a new GM in place. It's like, all right, let's see how Nagy and the new GM kind of kind of vibe. And if they don't, then we'll we'll fix that. We'll 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 fix that problem at the end of the season next year. And if the GM comes in, if you hire a new GM, GM says, nah, Nagy's the problem. Fine. That's fine. With, like, if yeah, he wants yeah, to fire yeah, yeah. him, that's but fine, that's what I mean. too. That's, you, you have to test the waters and be like, all right, how does the new GM feel about Nagy? Is he, does he think he can work with him or not? And if he can't work with him, you're out. See you later. Then you're we'll, out. We'll, Bye. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got you to gotta find something new. I definitely think that Pace – and I liked Pace for a while. I did think that Pace – that's the thing. Pace is a mixed bag. I think he'll get a job somewhere else doing something, at least as a scout. He does have talent acquisition skills. But that whole just, yeah, like we said, drafting a quarterback in the first round, moving up to draft a quarterback, and just completely not addressing the offensive line, looking at that offensive line and saying that's okay, that's fireable. It's a fireable offense. <laughs> so that's well, and not only that, like it's just that's just common sense. Like it is. If you draft your franchise quarterback. And you know from last season how bad your offensive line is. That's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. Like, okay, you got your quarterback first. Now in the second and third rounds, get you some tackles to protect them. You have to, or you have to pay. You can't pay for Robert Quinn. You can't pay for, uh, I forgot, there's like two two or three. You can't pay for Nick Foles. You should have cut him. What are you doing? Yeah. You pay $8 million they, they, for Nick Foles? They should have let Foles walk and use that money to, to sign a, an offensive lineman. They should. There's like three or four guys that are in the roster that are just like sitting on like a collective $45 million that you could have paid two offensive linemen for. Like that's $20 million in offensive linemen. You could get a lot of offensive linemen for $20 million a pop. Like, are you kidding? There's a lot of guys out there that are available for 20 mil. You could trade for a few of them. But instead, he looked at our guys, our offensive linemen, and said, oh, this is fine. Here you go, Justin. Good luck. Or here you go, Andy. And that's the thing about another thing to defend Matt Nagy, another, you know, coming to his defense a little bit. He wanted to start Andy Dalton. Everyone was against him. Even people in the locker room turned me, on him. Me and you were questioning it. Me and you were Everybody questioning was. it when it happened. And he said, this offensive line sucks. I can't put my rookie quarterback behind this guy's. He was right. So to defend him again, he was actually right about that. He, yeah. The kid no, broke his ribs. me and you did an episode. Me and you did, like, I think, like, episode 11. We were talking about it. I was wrong. <laughs> we, like, we were talking about it, and we were like, what is he What is he doing? And it, re, the reality of it was is he's, he's maybe trying he's to not something. get – He's trying to not get Justin <clears throat> Fields. It's funny how me and you talked – and we, we also talked about – just the worry that Justin Fields could get hurt because of this offensive line. And look, he's got broken ribs. Broken now ribs. 
in the in the guy and and Matt Nagy was right, and it's crazy. Like it's it's hard to like sit here and trash Matt Nagy or even say that he's the reason why we're losing when one he hired Bill Lazar. He he hired Bill Lazar. Everyone's like, oh, Bill Lazar, make Bill Lazar the head coach. Well, who hired Bill Lazar? Matt Nagy did. It wasn't Ryan Pace. So that he's part of his staff. Everyone loves Bill Lazar. He's a great offensive coordinator. Matt Nagy's his coach. And then he also hired Desai, who's a great defensive coordinator. So Matt Nagy has put himself around good coaches. He was the only one in Chicago that was right about Andy Dalton putting him in. Nobody wanted to hear it. Everyone, including me, nobody wanted to hear it. He was right. And the only one who in in in, in Ryan Pace's people. In the background, we're talking shit to the media. But, oh, we'd love to see Justin Fields in and stuff like that. So Ryan Pace seems like he's the issue here. It seems like that Nagy wants to focus more on the offense and Ryan Pace wants to focus more on the defense. It looks like Ryan Pace needs to go because we don't need to focus on the defense. We have a tons of defensive talent, for God's sake. We need to get that offense fixed. And that's just always been our issue in Chicago. But, um <sighs> yeah, uh, Rick says I'm glad I heard this side of Nagy. Well, I'm just trying to play the the advocate for. Him. I mean, I'm not saying he's innocent. But he, but he actually he made wishy washy. Like, like me and you said, he actually he actually made the right choice. He said, you know what? I am not going to sacrifice. I'm not going to use Justin Fields as I'm my sacrificial lamb for the season. You know what, mm-hmm. Andy? Guess what, bro? Go like it like, took the Chicago media putting like putting uh, raking Nagy over the coals for months. For Nagy to finally say, "Fine, we'll give him a chance," or a month and a half, rather. I guess it was five weeks, so it was a month and month and a week. But it took a while, you know. It took they were just trashing him. Man, now you're so stupid. You know, we need a new coach. All this stuff after like three weeks. No, the, the media for like a good three weeks was on. They were on him. And I they said a few things, so I'm guilty of it. And I really am. I can't even say. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know. So, He's not innocent. He he is so wishy washy. Talk about the offense. That what about now? What's the Chicago D going to have to do to? To try it, like, let's is say, Kyler let's, playing? I'm gonna check. I, I checked at the beginning of the Kyler's week. Playing, if Kyler's playing, that's gonna be. He tough. wasn't playing at the beginning of the week. I thought it was Colt Colt McCoy. Uh, they may roll with. I think they're gonna roll with McCoy. Questionable. Yeah, he's so questionable. I, they'll probably roll with McCoy again because they're nine and two. There's no need to really push. The they're issue. still gonna kick our ass. Here's the thing: we don't have a good offensive line. They have a good defensive line and a good defense. Yeah, we're screwed. We're yeah. screwed. We're, we're gonna get this. We're gonna get destroyed. And, uh, and, and another thing too, Arizona so, likes likes to blitz. That's not a good. That's not a good. Andy uh, Dalton's not good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be very bad. Uh, I well, hope if you that the if young you, guys play well. Like, what do you? Sorry for interrupting, you, man. No, you're fine. Um. Here's my thing with the with the Bears game. I I want to see them compete. Like don't don't like like don't. Don't get your doors blown, you know, like nope. blown out. Like, at least, at least try. Like, don't just go in there and at the half wave the white flat. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I've never seen that from him. I've never seen. And I love the young guy. I love Roquan Smith. That's one thing I I can't bash about the current like GM and coach. It's like Roquan Smith was one of their picks, and he's a very very good player. He never and he's the he's become the leader of the defense. Like his greatest Khalil Mack is. Everyone looks at Roquan Smith at the time of need and he's been the defense he's been the unit the reason why we're even in games he's been that guy so i love uh seeing the development of him and jalen johnson and a bunch of other guys uh on that defense the young guys um and i that's what i'm saying we don't need all these premiums and i I love robert quinn has what he's brought to the table i love goldman i love hicks i love all these guys but they it's 
We can't afford it. One, we need to fix the offense. And we don't really need them. To be honest, we need young guys. We need Roquan Smith and then young guys. That's what we need. Like, to and be like, honest, I would sacrifice Hicks for an offensive lineman. All these guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's all, they're all like extra, all these commodities that we have. And I just, I, Dude, yeah. Like, this, this coming draft, I would sacrifice Hicks for a really good interior offensive lineman. I like Hicks, but yeah. Like a, like a guard, right? So, and then in this coming draft, you could, you could draft Hicks's replacement, you know? And then you could, on top of it, draft more. This offensive and defensive line this in this year's draft is extremely deep. So you could you could easily That'd be cool. You know you could you could use Hicks as a as a. Um, we need a fire sale. We need to sell off yeah. everybody, dude. Like we should have done it the trade deadline, in my opinion. Like we need to sell and, off and everybody. Don't forget to Khalil Mack as as good as he is. He, you know, he tends to to get banged up sometimes, and then it, you know what I mean. And it's, I think he's young enough. That's true, but I think he's young enough that we can that we can get we can get something out of him. And he doesn't. I mean, he does cost a lot, but he his salary is worth. He's worth his salary, is what I would say. But a lot of these guys are not, and a lot of these guys are extra commodities that we don't need. So, um, like Mac, and I feel like Mac gives us an identity too. I definitely um, – I wouldn't mind keeping him, but I would trade him if, if for the right offer. Uh, he said, I guess if you want Bears news, you call JD. I definitely do read a lot of blogs. I appreciate that, Rick. I read a lot of blogs. I read a lot of, uh, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, like, because I really am interested, like, in what the hell is going on with my team. You know what I mean? I, I love these, I love the Bears, and I have for over 20 years. So, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's – it's it's um. It's going to be a tough sledding for them. For, for, for oh, them. we're going to get – even with Colt McCoy, I, I just think it's going to be a tough game. I think they're going to – yeah. I mean, I think the defense – the defense is our only chance. If we can cause some turnovers, we could be really competitive in this game and maybe pull off a win. I'm not I, I'm not saying I give up on the team. Like, we always have a chance with the talent we have on our roster. We definitely always have a chance to play spoiler, but that's what we'd be doing. We'd be playing spoiler. We're not going to – we're not playing for anything. So I'm hoping that we can maintain the passion and maintain the competitive edge. And yeah. you know what? If if we don't maintain the competitive edge, then I will want to fire Nagy because well, you know what? He too. is on if the hot Arizona, seat. If Arizona steamrolls you guys, that's not going to be a good look for Nagy too. Oh, it's, it's not. It, it's just not. Everything matters right now with Matt Nagy. Literally everything. Like he is – there is a giant magnifying glass on him. I feel like pace is gone. I feel like that's already like – so he you messed think up everything. Like as soon as the season ends, that's going to be official. They're going to do him some dignity. He'll probably resign or something. You know what I mean? He, yeah. He's a nice guy. I think he'll get another job. He, I think he, is, like he's a charismatic guy. He's nice and he he knows talent pretty well. I just think it's time for a new voice and maybe a new look uh, at the roster. Um, and that's Ryan Pace. He's just no. He he's messed up a little bit too much, in my opinion. He's just made a little bit too many mistakes. So let's. Yeah, so no, no, no doubt, dude. It's like I said, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna, um, it's gonna be tough sled. That's that's gonna be a tough game. Hopefully, you guys can at least keep it interesting. You know, I'd love to get a few turnovers and, and win the game. I mean, Colt McCoy is not that good of a. I mean, he's obviously. I'm not trying to disrespect he's good, him. He's a great but quarterback. Here's but... the thing, right? You you he's a <laughs> massive downgrade from Colt McCoy. From from he's a massive downgrade from, right. Kyler, from Kyler Murray, right? If it was he's Kyler Murray, McCoy. we're done. <laughs> he's a, no, but here's the thing, right? He's a massive Colt McCoy if he plays, which I assume he is gonna. They, they're not gonna risk Kyler because they're nine and two. There's no reason to, you know. That's true. So play Colt no McCoy. Point. Let let Kyler Murray get healthy, right? <laughs> right. They 
the Bears D, I think, could get to Colt McCoy at least once or twice. They could they could fool him, I think, once or twice in the game. And if they could get touchdowns off those, you know, off those turnovers, then that that could definitely play in their favor. But they they, you know, if it's if it's Kyler Murray, that's I think that's gonna be I think that's a wrap. Kyler Murray is one of the most talented players in the entire NFL. So I, th- I think, especially when his team's playing well, I, I don't think there's many team there's many defenses period that can do much about him. Uh, but Colt McCoy, you never the know what could happen. The, the, Bears, the Bears defense could, the Bears yeah. defense could confuse could confuse him. They could never know. Sean Desai is a good is a good off- uh, defensive coach. So uh, he said Rex Ryan will be the new coach. <laughs> Hey, his father, Buddy Ryan, was a beloved Chicago fan. I'm not, you know, I the Ryan family is not, uh, it, that wouldn't be the craziest thing. So that let's get away from the NFL a little bit, J.D., but we're going to stay with football. We're going to go uh, college now, the NCAA. <laughs> okay. Um, we recently, the, the NCAA recently had a, ma- especially the, um, specifically the SEC had a major coaching change. Um, Ed Orgeron is out at LSU and they have their new head coach. Now this scenario, this situation's really interesting because Notre Dame is, is really good this year, like really good. And they're sure. playing like in a bowl game, like they're going to be yeah. playing in a, not only in a bowl game, but a major bowl game, you know, in a, one yeah, of like the a top bowl, 10 one bowl of, game, one of the top bowl games, they will be playing in one of the top bowl games, right? Huge. And, and and LSU, their season's basically over. So they basically went to went to Brian Kelly and was like, "Hey, man, how do you feel about uh about coming down south and uh, getting out of that that uh, cold weather up north there and coaching for LSU?" <laughs> and he went, "Man, why not? Sure." But I think there's way more to it than than just that for the negotiations. Um, I want to hear I'll I want to hear your thoughts on it first, and then I'll tell you what I think. What what the what a lot of the major factor was why he's he left South Bend in such a hurry. So yeah, I, I definitely I definitely want to hear your side of it. Um, what I will say about it is this: I one don't blame Brian Kelly. Uh, for one reason, one reason specifically, and, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about other reasons, but the, the one reason I wouldn't, wouldn't blame him is you can't hate the player. You have to hate the game. The NCAA is absolutely stupid. They're a bunch of morons. They don't understand anything about anything. They literally make rules that don't make sense to anybody. So this is what they did. They decided, hey, guys, so you can recruit at the beginning of bowl season. So what does that do? The athletic directors are like, well, shoot. If I want a new coach, I have to have him at the beginning of bowl season. Because why? We have to recruit. Because recruiting starts at the beginning of bowl season. Therefore, if I want to get that high school kid that just finished his high school season, and he's the best player, like Arch Manning or something like that, I have to recruit him right now. And uh, that is ridiculous because then you have Brian Kelly – like the NCAA just doesn't think about this. Then you have Brian Kelly leaving before his bowl game, <laughs> just abandoning a bunch of kids and going to LSU. And, and can you br- blame Brian Kelly if he didn't do that? He would miss out on what ten recruits. You can't do that. You lose for the next three years. So you have to, you have to do it. The NCAA, just like everything else, just like the likeness situation, just like everything else they touch, 
They're they're the dumbest middlemen in the world. They really are. Like this is why I'm I'm much more of a pro guy. I like uh no, I, I am a Hawkeye fan. Full disclosure, but I prefer pro <laughs> pro football and uh <clears throat> and and pro basketball because mainly because the NCAA, if if it was more open if it was more chill and relaxed but the NCAA has a giant stick up their butt and they just do the dumbest stuff ever like this this is just doesn't make any sense like the NFL and the NBA they have off seasons for this they're like all right well this is the off season it start like for if I was the NCAA like okay the off season starts when the bowl season ends. February. So now you guys can recruit. Go. And if anyone recruits before then, you get punished. But the NCAA is too stupid for that. Instead, they punish you for making YouTube videos because they're a bunch of morons. They really are a bunch of old, dumb, ah, I just want to backhand all these stupid, God, they're so stupid. Anyway, that's all I had to say about it. The NCAA is stupid. This isn't Brian Kelly's fault or uh, what's it name? Lincoln Riley or any of the other guys that, that have to jump to the next job. This is not their fault. This is the NCAA. They're a bunch of idiots and they don't think. They just don't use their brains at all. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. But let me tell you what you think. Well, me and you did some the funny like like me and you did some <coughs> oh, research yeah. off, like we did some research off off camera like before we started talking about this because we were curious to know like like because that's a that's a like like let's be honest, Notre Dame's really good this year. They're they're really good. They're gonna play in one they're of really the good. top one of the top bowl games out there. That they're they're that good. They had an, a really really good year this year. And and for him to leave, like just like up and leave like this, like pack, you know, pack his stuff and just leave. But like that's that's not like a little move. Like no, it's like, not. Now they now now this team that has had this a really good year and is in line to play in one of these top bowl games doesn't have a coach. Four kids. But you know what I mean? The the team doesn't have a coach, they don't have a head coach. So he up well, and leaves. So me and you were, were, we were, you know, we were curious and we were trying to like, just trying to, trying to add some stuff up here. And I think it just, it, there's so many layers to why, you know, to why he would, he would leave, you know, like you, like we, we were, we had, you know, you had said like, it, it, it's it, to me, it's a, it, a lot of it has to do with like, like you one the, the timing. Cause you said like, like these, these, the, the recruiting starts right. You know I mean? Like, like as soon as the season of your school ends, you can start recruiting for the next year. You know what I mean? Like you can, you could start recruiting yeah. for, for that next year. As soon as like, if you're one of the, if you don't make a ball game, you know, like let's say your season ends and you have under six wins and it's over, then you could technically start as soon as the NCAA says, okay, ball season's here. Go ahead, go recruit. You know, you're one of, like you said, well, you're one of those schools that's going to be instantly calling people. And it doesn't matter if their other teams are playing or not, you know, that, 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 that type of stuff doesn't matter to them because what matters is getting the right guy in the place for next year. Exactly. It, it, it throws everything off me and me and, uh, and me and you did some research. So back to like us kind of just, just poking around and doing some research, the, the contract for, um, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame was with endorsements probably somewhere around two and a half. It said like 1.8 for the, just the right. just the, the upfront money, 1.8. So under, under, money under two bonuses. million, right? So you add in like commercials and just, or just all type of like endorsements. He's probably making two and a half or three at the most, sure. three at the most. Me and you then looked up what his contract was for LSU and what was the contract? 
it was almost a hundred million dollars for ten years. So he's making around ten million dollars versus one point eight million dollars, and it's just, I mean, that's that's not even comparable. He has to take that job. Also, if he doesn't take this, and here's the thing, everyone wants to sit here and bash Brian Kelly. But Brian Kelly, um, I don't want to get too too off track because what you're bringing up is a, a really good point. But Brian Kelly set his team up for success. He left them all these young guys, and uh, also he um, he was going to take his defensive coordinator, but instead that guy's going to stay on as the head coach. It's like, how much more could this guy give you? And also, if he stays at Notre Dame and for any reason falls off or doesn't get the same recruits that he that he got before, he's going to lose not only a hundred million dollars. But his entire reputation as a winning coach, so he has to take this 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 uh, this chance. He has to take the chance. And if Campbell messes or if the the guy who's taking over messes up, then that's not on Brian Kelly because Brian Kelly set him up for success. So he has to he has to do this. There's nothing that he can do, and it's not his fault. It really isn't. Um, and it's really sad that they put him in this situation. To be honest, I feel bad for everyone involved, including the school. Um. So let's 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 talk about his, his Brian Kelly's replacement in Notre Dame too, because like you said, not only did he set his, not only did he set the program up with players to be successful, but the guy who replaced Brian Kelly as the head coach was like his protege, like he was learning mm-hmm. underneath him, and so I one hundred percent agree with you on that. Where he, you know, Kelly just didn't. I don't think he left Notre Dame. Like it, it's in, so. It's interesting because like you had said, like, like you had told me off camera that, that both sides had made out well, you know, both sides or both. No, I believe you said both sides had played this well. So explain what you mean by, by that. So Kelly actually wanted to bring Campbell. I forgot his first name. Uh, Forgive me for forgetting this, but this, this Campbell guy, this young guy, he's only 34 years old, 35, 34. Uh, He's a young guy. Uh, he's a defensive mind, um, and he he was going to go with Kelly to LSU. That was the plan. But then Notre Dame said, "Whoa, wait, 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 wait. We'll we'll give you the head coaching job. Come back, come back, come back." So he said, "Sorry, Brian, I'm going to be the head coach of Notre freaking Dame, man." So he's thirty. He's like thirty in his mid thirties, and he's going to be the head coach of this football team. He has. The next couple recruits already commits, uh, and, and unless they decommit, which they have every right to do, and go to LSU, which would be very, it'd be very scummy of Brian Kelly to do. But if he did it, that's that's how it works, man. That's that. But that Campbell has every reason to be successful this year, um, and and that's that's kind of uh, I don't know. I I don't think I, I I don't blame anyone for this, and I think the Notre Dame. By stealing Brian Kelly's protege from him, yeah, they made out pretty well. I think they they did pretty well because he was going to get a job eventually anyway. They, they've been successful for a long time, those two, for like at least eight years. So yeah, you're, no, yeah. Sorry, let me interrupt you. No, it, it's it's um um uh, I'm trying. Oh, I lost my train of thought here. It, it's. It's no, it's de- it's definitely like 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 you had said both sides in that scenario played that perfectly because you know Kelly was kind of like, well, I'm gonna make a last second decision. Sorry, Notre Dame. Like, I'm sorry, guys. This is an opportunity that I cannot pass up. And then Notre Dame's kind of left, you know, with their, they keep their culture with, now. Their, with their schmenzer in their hand, like, okay, well, now what do we do? You know, because we don't have a head coach. 
and, and they got his number two. They got the and, and keep then, the culture. And then the other one is, you know, you know, so so Kelly, you know, so you know, so Brian Kelly tries to be like, okay, well, I'm going to take my protege with you, and and Notre Dame goes, well, uh, not so fast there, big guy. How about we make him the head coach? You know, so and then his his the guy that was learning under him is like, well, well, Brian, I can't, just like you couldn't pass that job yep. up, I I can't pass. How could I pass I this up? Pass this up. I'm set up. You know. You set me up for success. I got the youth in the program now to at least give me a shot for the next two or three seasons. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay. Exactly, and it, and it's all, it's all on him now. It's all on him. He took the responsibility. He's no longer under Brian Kelly. He can't ride his coattails. So, it will like do or die. And, and he has every opportunity, and it'll be interesting. The, the real people that got screwed, and there's nothing really they could do about it, is Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they might have their athletic director be the head. I heard a rumor about that. I don't know if it's really going to happen. They might have the AD be the head coach because they don't have anyone else because I think Lincoln Riley's taking his entire staff to UFC. Or you, excuse me, USC. There, he's going because he's going to USC. Uh, so that's bad. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma got screwed hard. Notre Dame made out pretty well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Like I said, don't hate the player, hate the game. The NCAA screwed everyone in this situation and then expected everyone to just be like, oh, you know, it's okay. It's like, well, I mean, they, the kids like, suffer here, not anyone else. Just No, the kids. absolutely. Like, like, because the NCAA should have been like, whoa, whoa. All right. You're not taking this head coach who's coaching a team that's in a top five bowl game away from that team. No, whoa, no. Not going to happen. That's what they should have said. You can do this when the season ends and when your bowl game is over with. As then far as I'm concerned, on. as far as I'm concerned, the NCAA only exists to make rules that help them make money. That is the only reason the NCAA exists. They are like the most, they're a leech. They are a middleman and a leech. There's no reason for them to exist because they just screw up everything. When they do make rules, like, hey guys, we're going to have coaches, you know what I mean? Like any reasonable person right, would have, hey, an off-season in February. But the NCAA doesn't think that far ahead because all they're focused on is profits. That's yeah, it. The pro they just want it, the it, money. That's it. No, <laughs> it's 1,000%. And I don't even – dude, I don't even think they think a month in advance. I think it's no, like, okay, how do we – how are we making as much money as we can this weekend? Oh, that person's making money and we're not. Let's see if we can make their money. That's all they're focused – that's the only rules that they're that they're worried about. All the other rules, yeah, they can take them and leave them. It doesn't really matter. And well, it's sickening. I think another huge part of why the NCAA, I think, is like at that like corporate level, I think is a is more corrupt than than the NFL, is because of all the boosters that they have. Yep. Because the schools, in my opinion, a they lot of agenda. these school, a lot of these schools don't have the power. The boosters that supply the money to the schools are what has the power. It it, it is the grossest thing about it. It's like. It's like all, they should be focused on the kids. They should be focused on competition, on developing kids. But they're focused on how can we make money off of these kids. And, and make no mistake, it's not making money off the brands. Because if it was making money off the brands, they wouldn't care if the kids had, had YouTube, had podcasts. Yeah, they, they wouldn't care, care about the that. kids had their own brand. They're trying to prevent other people from making money. So they, it's kind of like it, – it's like – it's like uh, YouTubers that invite people into like their groups. And then we, I've seen a few of them like this. They invite people into their groups and they like use them for content. 
And then they like basically say like, oh, now you're part of my brand now or whatever. It's like that's what the NCAA is. They're just this worthless middleman that like just kind of like sits there and just collects uh, change for doing nothing and for having terrible like rules, terrible regulations. Like if you're going to be a Roger Goodell, like a commissioner, then at least be as smart as Roger Goodell. And I know he's done some stupid things. Everyone can point out the stupid things he's done. But he's also built a really big brand. And, and the NFL has done nothing but grow under Roger Goodell because he's made it about competition. He's made the draft. is. Think about this. The NFL is not – the NFL and the NBA are much better than baseball in one thing, at one thing and one thing only. And that is not having – that's having a fair salary cap. It's it's not fair that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Cardinals can just blow whatever money the Dodgers can blow whatever money they want million dollars a year, but the Athletics and the Marlins and or whatever cannot. So that's just not fair. And I'm not blaming baseball because it's kind of the circumstances of well how much they make. It is yeah. what it is. So they can't have a salary cap. But at the same time, uh, at the same time, uh, I would say that. Um, <clears throat> the NCAA or excuse me, uh, the, like it's, it's better. It's, it's more, it's better competition when you have people like, okay, the worst player or rather the worst team gets the number one draft pick. The best team gets the last draft pick, but it's all about glory. I don't know. I think that matters more and it makes you want to watch the game more. I think that's why football has grown so much. And that a lot of that is based on Roger Goodell's rules. Not all of them. Some of Roger Goodell's rules are, are bullshit, and some of the committee is bullshit, but that's just the – I think they're better than the NCAA. That's all I'm trying to say, I guess. No, no. Dude, it's 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 gotten bad in the NCAA, and they, they got to – there's going to have to be some changes made with, you know, within the next probably five years because it's they got to do something about it. They have to do something about what's like – because that's not – like, like let's be honest. That was a mess. Like – like that was a mess. LSU, as soon as their season ended, was like, "All right, we're gonna go after our coach now." And it's like you shouldn't be able to do that. That that coach Brian Kelly should have been able to coach his team in Notre Dame. Because, dude, think about this: what if he wins a major bowl game? Like that's a major right. accomplishment for you as a coach. Like, go win your bowl game. We'll talk to you after the bowl game. And he literally can't because if he did, if he decided to do that, LSU would move on and hire somebody else so they could go recruit. And that's sad. And yeah. That really is sad. Yeah, I I want to talk about Ed Ordron for like for like thirty seconds. Go ahead. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him because like he did pretty well, and like just because he's not like this exceptional coach, he got the he got the hammer. <sighs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, I feel think bad a for lot him. of Orgeron Orgeron inherited a lot of that team. You know what I mean? He inherited a lot of that team. Um. Yeah. So I think it's it was uh it was time to go, but I, it, I still feel bad for him. He well, loved yeah, the school. Like, he he kind of just uh, what's up, He's Ray? A fun guy. What's up, man? What's up, Ray? Um, he what's inherited up, a lot of that team, Missy? so I think a lot of the work like. for him in that championship season was, um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the the um, the work was done for him. You know, the ground, the groundwork and the foundation was laid for him and all those, you know what I mean? I think that's true. And I think LSU alone just gets good like, recruits the, just like for being LSU. Some, some wild number of those kids on that LSU team. I think it was like nine from nine kids from that, 
from nine out of those tw- nine. So nine out of 22 out of the 11 offense and 11 defense from that <clears throat> LSU championship team got drafted into the NFL nine. Well, I think, I think we all know that, be- that Brian Kelly will be a better coach than Ed Orgeron. It's just, I think that Ed Orgeron had a lot. I think he was a good, I think he was a good coach. I just think that Kelly will probably do more like with the talent that that's given to him. And that's probably what the boosters thought too. And the AD thought they were like, all right, well, we got to move on. We got to get Brian Kelly. This is our only chance. So this is, this is a mutual thing for sure, but it is sad (laughs) for Ed Orchard. Poor guy. He's kind of just got smacked around for that. (laughs) Well, it, it just goes to show like, like we all think that like the, the NFL coaches are, are short lived. Dude, these these boosters and these colleges, if you go through one like really bad losing season, it it could be curtains for you. They're they're done, you know? Mm-hmm. You, all it takes yeah. like at least in the NFL, you get, you know, two or three or four, you know, you get a couple of seasons back to back to kind of determine what you are. College is bad, man. You go through one year and you're toast. Of like if you if you mm-hmm. win like three games in the year, you're done. Their greatest rivals. Well, they're looking at that. They're looking at Alabama, and they're saying, if they can win ten games a year every year, why can't we? We have the same type of recruits, same areas we recruit from. We sometimes they get better recruits, especially at the receiver position. Excuse me. That, see, that's another thing too. Like he, he did do the same thing in Cincinnati, didn't he? He he built up the Cincinnati program, and then he got a better job offer, and then he went to like. So I, I can't mean, blame him for it, though. I can't. I really can't. But no, I mean, not I, at all. Yeah. He he built he built up he, um, he built the program up, and then he got you know people noticed him, and he got a better job. He got a a better job. You know, this is just he's like good good on, good on him for for doing what he you know we're doing what he does and building teams and improving the team good on him for that no for real i mean that's the thing like we can't just sit here and like a lot of people want to pile on him but i mean would you really okay let me ask you something like would you if you're uh, if you are offered an uh what is it let's see it'd be dude they tripled his 600 salary. yeah they 600 percent pay rate no yeah 300 percent pay rates 300% pay raise for 10 years, for 10 years. And you get to work with better players. You get probably to hire better coaches. You get more respect and you get more opportunities to win national titles. You get, you actually get an opportunity to win a national title. You're really going to say no to that. I no. I'm sorry. You're not going to say no to that. Nobody would in their right mind, especially if you're in the prime of your coaching career, you're not going to say no to that. LSU is the top. If, if you're a college coach, you've made it to the top. If you made it to LSU and Notre Dame is, is there, but they're, yeah, they're but at like, like the bottom like, of the top, honest, right? Like Notre Dame's maybe in the top 15, sure. right? LSU's LSU, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, you know, Ohio state, Oklahoma, like some of these, some of these, <sighs> you know, th- those are the top dogs. Those are where you, you want to be. You get what pay you pay for. Yeah, they will pay for you big time. You get what you pay for, and and Brian Kelly wasn't even getting paid as much. I mean, it was close. He might have been paid like with incentives, but the base salary, according to the the statistic I looked, uh, I looked up the women's basketball coach. No disrespect to her because she's won. You know, what I mean, they won a lot. No disrespect. She made more than Brian Kelly. So Brian Kelly looked at this like, okay, women's basketball doesn't make as much money as college football does. 
she's getting paid more than me. Yeah. I can go down to LSU and make 300% more salary. What am I insane? Like what <laughs> is this? Like, am I, is this a question? Like well, I have to. So anyway, that's, that's kind of how I see it. It's like, there's, it, you'd be absolutely insane to, uh, <laughs> what does it say? Ray says, I would have burnt the Notre Dame building down if LSU asked me to do it for that time. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Right, dude. right, <laughs> right. Bro, it's the the contract for him is 10 years and 93 million. Dude, that's, uh, yeah. that's, no you know what I mean? Like, and you're no making, and you're making, and he, we, so Ray, we looked, me and we looked, we did our own research, you know, prior to getting on here just for, just to kind of see like, the kind of mo- like the difference in money, what it would be like from Huge. jumping from Notre Dame to to LSU, and he was making <laughs> one point eight at Notre Dame, and now he's making nine point three, almost ten. Dude, it, it they 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 tripled, you know, more than tripled his salary. Anybody would leave. Anyone, you'd be, you'd be insane to stay. You really would. And in high life, yeah, he says uh, women's basketball. He says laughing face. No disrespect. My daughter plays. Seriously, no disrespect. They are a great. The, if you know about like the women's Notre Dame basketball team is incredible. They're amazing. No disrespect. But Brian Kelly was looking at that probably and saying, well, think about it. Like I'm a college football coach. I want to be a top college football coach. What are top college football coaches making? Well, seven to $10 million. And that's what LSU is willing to offer. You get what you pay for. And you know what? Notre Dame has an incredible female basketball program and they pay their female head coach a lot. Good for her. I'm glad you get what you pay for. That's good. You that's that's the point. That's the point. You know, they 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 spend them. They just like you said. They 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 decide to spend the money else. You know, they, they, they obviously it. invested into the into that women's basketball team, and they're a, they're a dominant force every year. Every year, they're they're, they're top beasts. six, top you know, top five, top eight, top six. They're they're good team. They're they're a good team. You know, like you you like you said, you absolutely. Um, um, you know, I get mean, like you you absolutely, for? you absolutely get what you you pay for. Get what you pay for. Like, That's it. It's th- that that amount of increase is just as it's astronomical though. You're one point eight to nine point three. Like that is that is an like the NCAA and and LSU made it impossible for Brian Kelly to say no to that. They have made it impossible for him to say no. Well, and it's sad because he, in my opinion, he could have had his cake and eaten it too. Why is it – why – what in the world – why in the world would you have recruiting season during bowl season? That makes absolutely 150% no sense. And no, honestly, if you want to be these – if you want to have a stick up your butt and you want and you want to control something, why don't you control that? Hey, guys, you can't recruit until after bowl season. Boom! That's so – that would help so many things. So that way – that way the coaches can, you know, enjoy their time with the kids before they have to say, hey, guys, I have to take a new job. You can say, hey, let's finish this bowl season and then say, hey, guys, all right, now that the season's over, I have to announce I'm taking a new job. That is 10 times more healthy than, all right, guys, I know we have like five weeks and then we got a bowl game we got to prepare for, but I got to go. See ya. Bye. I mean, really? How did you like? I just can't stress how stupid and moronic the NCAA truly is. They are so worried about money, but they can't even think about the most basic things that would. It's just amazing. It, it, they just can't think of these these simple things. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. it's amazing. It's shocking. Like they could have had everything, and, and the kids, like I said earlier, the kids are the ones that suffer. Nobody else. Yeah. Because 
yeah, we don't care. I mean, it's fans, Notre Dame fans and kid and the kids who are playing are the ones who suffer. Well, no, I mean, the fans are one thing. They'll always show up because they're loyal yeah. to the team. It's sure. the it's the players. The players are the ones that get hosed. It, it is really sad. In college, they get hosed because they're not making anything. They're just, you know what I mean? Like, 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 we said, like we said earlier, dude, like we mm -hmm. said earlier, the, the, that whole team is left without the head coach and they're going to play in one of the top four bowl games. The head coach they've had all year. Now they have to have just uh, now they, I mean, I think the D coordinator is going to be the head coach, but still like you've just changed everything for these guys. And now you don't have that voice that you had all year and you can't have that voice because it's against the rules. Now you sign a new contract. What are you yeah. thinking? What are you yeah. thinking? NCAA? Like, are, this is so stupid in high life. Uh, I don't usually follow the NCAA too, but I read into the story and it's, it's just, yeah, the Patino thing, the NCAA is just so stupid. They just mess up everything. They, from they, and they like tried to hide. There was people that the Patino thing too. I could talk about that. I could talk about how they treat people, cannabis users. I could talk about how they treat people who have made money on YouTube, how they made people treat people who, who made money selling t-shirts fundraisers for charity like the NCAA is the biggest their biggest group of old idiots of these like 90 year old to 70 to 90 year old morons that are like in kappa kappa delta like fraternity or whatever or the you know no, the secret I, no, I know society saying, bunch I, of morons I, I know i know they don't have know. they lack so much common sense it's incredible so that's all i have to say about the NCAA they're a bunch of yeah they're predators they're predators to, to kids like in a lot of different ways, <laughs> financially, yeah. There's a it's oh yeah, just unbelievable. oh yeah. The, 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 the NCAA doesn't allow doesn't allow the kids to do pretty much anything. Like they 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 changed the rules now because the courts made them, but they yeah, didn't the want to. Literally had to make them change. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Like for real. They they, they couldn't make YouTube channels for about until like 2019 or 2020 or something like that. Yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, if you were, I think, 20, yeah. I think I think 20 I think 2019 was when it, it unbelievable. Started, yeah. It was it was it was crazy, and now and now kids are starting podcasts and other stuff. So thank yeah. God these kids and they can sell their they can sign and sell jerseys, but it's like, yeah, it's the whole likeness thing that you can't tell someone they can't make money off their likeness. That's against the constitution. So yeah. the court stepped in eventually and said the NCAA you're being unconstitutional. That's kind of yeah. pathetic. And it was and it was good for them because the kids finally had like a voice, you know, finally, finally, for real. And yeah, I, it, I'm not a college football guy, but yeah. I was I found this interesting. So I just thought that was such a major move too cuz like the the implications are massive. Like Huge. That, that team that like you said had that voice all year long, same voice just, you know, they played a phenomenal year and now it's just gone. Like that gone. Bye. What are you what are you teaching these kids? That they can just like ex like accept responsibility and then because of the rules just throw everything up upside down. Like this is supposed to be about education. But it's it's not for them. It's about money. It's all no, it's ever no, been. Absolutely. It's it's just it's pathetic. It truly is. That's all I have to say. It's truly pathetic that that we live in such a time like that. Yeah. Lack of thoughts. No, it, it it's it, it definitely, dude. I, I it is it is dodgy. It's 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 all of the above, man. It's it's not good. Hopefully, hopefully they can start rectifying things like they did for the kid. Hopefully, you know, it's, it keeps moving in that right direction for, for them, for the athletes, for the collegiate athletes. Let's, That's what it um, should be about. Let's let's kind of let's kind of switch directions here and switch leagues. Yep. And let's talk about the NBA a little bit. Let's um, do it. I'm ready we'll talk this. about your Chicago Bulls first. So we'll stay in the Windy City for now. Um, Hell yeah. So let, let's 
let's just let me just say this to you. DeRozan and and uh Lonzo Ball and just I mean the Bulls as a whole th- that dude that's a good team. That's a that's a really good like that's a really good team but the the two kind of biggest standouts so far to me have been Lonzo Ball and um DeMar DeRozan and DeMar DeRozan talk about like reviving and revitalizing your career. DeRozan looks phenomenal in in Chicago. He he does and he and he's doing things that he's always wanted to do. He's playing his game and I think the reason he can play his game is because they have a style that fits him. And a, one of it we talked about in the in previous podcasts, we talked about um we talked about the fact that Lonzo Ball, you know, he sets everybody up for success. And everything that he does is is for the betterment of the team. He his passing is infectious, uh, but but something that DeRozan his ISO game he's never he's never had this much. Uh, I would say he's never had this much freedom to kind of be himself. Like here, take the ball on the block, you know, and just go go nuts with it. Everyone's been trying to fit DeRozan into a box, like oh, just take take some three point shots from here and there. You know, we don't we know you're only twenty five percent from three, but just take some take some more shots. And the thing is, it's not who he is, and that's not how the Bulls are playing him. They're playing him like a a mid range giant, and he is. He can he can just work anyone on the from from the elbow to the block. He can work anyone. And uh, Lonzo made headlines saying this week that he's the best mid range player in the entire NBA. And it's hard to argue. I mean, I think there's there's quite a few good ones you could you could say. Um, you know, Chris Paul, even Steph Curry has some amazing mid-range games. Uh, Luca has some amazing mid-range games. Kawhi does. There's a lot of people. But DeMar DeRozan is definitely in that conversation, especially when you just watch his footwork, his jump shooting in the mid-range. It, just the way he uh, just athletically dominates his opponent, even in his 30s. So DeMar DeRozan, yeah, you're right. He's making a revitalization in his career. These guys fit really well together. They just do. From, from Ball to Vucevic, to DeRozan, and then you have obviously Levine, who can drop three after three, who's as as who is as athletic as they come. I mean, this team—you really the sky's the limit with this team. If we can all stay healthy, you got Caruso, a menace off the bench. Kobe White can drop thirty if he really gets going. Um, this team is is incredibly talented. We are missing Patrick Williams. That was one. That was a big uh, gut punch, especially defensively, but. I think that they'll still be a top five seed uh, from what back. they've shown Pat, so far. Patty, Patty Williams, he'll be, he'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back though. He, he like, you'll, you'll, when you get him, we'll like, get him back. back. Yeah. He's a young guy. He, he, yeah. That's what I mean. He's young. He'll be, he'll bounce back. He'll be fine. So but, that'll so be I good. Have a question for you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Are, are DeRozan and, and uh, Lonzo ball, are they one of the best? Are would you put put them? Would you put them in the top three for do you know duo for duos in 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 the game today or when or everybody's where would you, healthy? Where would you rank them? When everybody's healthy, no. But right now they're playing like it. Uh, when everybody's healthy, I wouldn't say that. Like I'd I'd say Steph and Clay, and then and then you got Kawhi and PG, but they're both they're all hurt. Uh, and then it, I would say LeBron and AD, but AD has been just inconsistent. And I don't even, this team is, the Lakers team is crap. So I'm not even going to go there. Uh, I, I wouldn't say they're the, cause here's the thing. 
their talents, the, the Bulls, I'm going to be realistic. I'm a Bulls fan. I love the Bulls. It's more that their chemistry is so good that their talent is overwhelming. I don't think that their talent is overwhelming. You know what I mean? I don't think that Lonzo and DeMar are overwhelmingly talented, but I do think that they can win basketball games, and that's more important to me. It's not necessarily about, like, because I think that even Embiid and Tobias Harris or even, like, you know, just that 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 – Sixers team is really good. You got Trey Young and John Collins uh, and Clint Capella, and that's really good. So you got a lot of really, really talented guys. So like that have a higher ceiling. Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. That's even a trio. So those guys are more talented. But I do think the Bulls can win. They can compete with anybody. They can on, on any given night. The Bulls could just go off, and one of those guys could just blow. Here's the thing about the Bulls. There's no one guy that's just going to be given the ball. And the reason why is because of Lonzo Ball. They're going to pass, 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 get it going. Whoever's the open guy, whoever's the perfect matchup, that's who's going to get the ball. And they have so many guys who can do that. Even DJJ, uh, Dennis, or what's his name? Porter. No, no, it's not Porter Jr. I'm losing it. Junior, the dunker, the dunker. Even him off the bench, the eighth guy. He's pretty good. Even he could probably give you 15 or 20. So I love this team uh, right now. I do think there's room for improvement, and we do need a superstar. But there's a lot of talent. And we could – we could steal, that's what I'm saying. We, Rick just said it in the chat. We could steal a series or two. Maybe even make it to the e oh, ECF. If you, here's the thing. If, if the Bulls make – if the Bulls get healthy. in like – let's say the Bulls get in the fifth. Like let's say they get in the fourth, the fourth or fifth seed, right? That's going to put them in a favorable matchup. They could absolutely get through that. For, if they're the fourth or fifth seed in the East, that'll put them in a favorable matchup, and they could easily, easily knock off that first team in that first series. Easily. That, that's how I feel. I, I think if we get to stay healthy. you like a seven or an eight. You know what I mean? And you're telling me that, you, that the Bulls couldn't knock off like a six, seven, or eight seed right now? I think they could absolutely. We have depth. That's the thing. Like the Raptors won in 2019, not because of Kawhi Leonard necessarily. It's because they had depth. Kawhi Leonard definitely was the cherry on top. But if we are going to be, if we, if the Bulls could win a championship, it'll be because of depth. It'll be because people are just contributing all over the place. It won't be because one guy took over the game. That's just not going to happen. We don't have that one guy. Even Levine is not that one guy. And I love Levine and Rosen, but they're not that one guy. Uh, Giannis is that one guy. Steph is that one guy. There's a few guys like that, but the Bulls could steal a few series. And if they if they stay healthy, you never know what could happen. They said Raptors bench stepped. Yeah, exactly. They, they stepped up to the plate, man. They they the reason why the Raptors won a title is because of depth. That's why they won a title, and I think Raptors well, fans would go, acknowledge that. No, one one thousand percent. They won that. They won that title. What they won because. Not only were the starting five really good, but they had two or three guys on the bench that at any given time could absolutely go off and and, and hurt you. You know what I mean? Van Fleet, yeah, and now he's you a know, starter. They just, they, the, the depth of that team is what won them that title. And it was, you know, the, the starting five was great. The, well, yeah, know, I remember they, Clay and and KD got hurt that, yeah. that series. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. They went to the depth, and it's like, who do you have? Who do the war? Who do the Warriors even have? They had nobody. They had no answers for that. The the Raptors kept on piling in more talented guys. That's how they won. If the Bulls can just stay healthy and do that, never know what could happen. So that's that's my opinion on the Bulls. I'm excited for the season. It's awesome. Oh yeah, I love no, to watch the Bulls. No doubt, no doubt, dude. 
um, that they're that you watch, man. There, I've been saying it from the from the ever since you guys started adding those, you know, ever since um, Karnosovic started putting that team together. Me and you have been saying that they're they're gonna they're gonna surprise people this year. You you watch, they're they're gonna they're gonna surprise people this year. They're, they'll they'll make it, you know, they'll surprise some people. Um, now my uh next uh bowls thing for you uh do i have one more bowls uh no i think i think that uh i think that's it i have one more um two more basketball topics for you though sure well let's go to the let's go to the um bucks and hornets that was a wild game um the the milwaukee milwaukee barely survives that one the hornets pushed i i i I got to see some you know i watched the game back and i got to see um i got to see that you know most of that game the the ending to that was insanity it was just back and forth and back and forth the the hornets gave milwaukee everything they could handle man and i i mean I want to know this. Has LaMelo Ball finally arrived? Like, was this his like coming out game? Like, was it was this his like, you know, his, you know, notice to the N- the NBA that he's, you know, he's nothing to, you know. I think that's he- what it was. I think that I think that that those final minutes, man, it's hard to argue that that's what that was. It was kind of reminding you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Luka Doncic against I don't remember what game it was, but it was his rookie season against James Harden. It's kind of had to be probably probably December or January. It was it's a few months into the season. It was when Luka was really starting to show, like, hey, dude, I have some freaking potential. And then I remember he won a shootout against uh James Harden. He just kept on shooting and playing, you know, outplaying Harden. And obviously Lamella lost the game against the defending champions, but man, dude, he gave him a freaking run for it. He it, it, like, I don't remember how many points he scored, but he was just on fire and he was getting people wide open. Like in the final seconds, LaMelo was getting people wide open. Uh, and I love that LeVar has been wearing this, this hat. He hasn't you notice how LeVar hat, hasn't said hat anything. It says, I told you so. Yeah. That's awesome. I love dude. <laughs> I, told I, am you here, so. I am here for that. I am here for that, bro. Like, I, I love it because he did. He talked he that did. he talked all that talk. He did. He talked all that talk, man. <laughs> no, he <laughs> that's exactly what it is. He he talked all the shit and he hasn't he hasn't been on ESPN. He hasn't been on Fox Sports. He hasn't said nothing because he said all he needed to say to raise his kid's profile, and now he's letting their game do the talking. Honestly, LeVar Ball, when it's all said and done, I think a lot of it was done for show. And I think he's a good dad, and I think he genuinely cares about his sons, and he just wants to do the. He just wants to, he wants to get them to capitalize as much off their talents as, as any other parent would. And I, I think he's a good. He, you know, he's a professional marketer. That's literally his job. So he did his job as as a dad, as their marketing consultant. Uh, and a lot, a lot, not a lot of people know that. They just think he like made millions doing something else. It's like no, he's a professional I, I marketer. Feel like, <laughs> I I feel like a lot of the. Uh... Like when Lonzo first got into it, everybody was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And, you know, like there was a lot of skepticism skepticism. surrounding Lonzo when he first came into the league. And he, you know, I think he did start off a little bit slow. He did. But um, I'll tell you this, man, he's he's found a fit with Chicago. They've the ball. He has found it at like it just goes to it just goes to show that like. Like even even the best players in the world still need to be put in positions to to succeed. And Lonzo, like it doesn't matter. Like Lonzo has the talent 
the, the, he has the the skill set that the Bulls have needed for a long time, and he does. now he finally gets he finally gets to put he gets to put the what he's good at to use. Lonzo's like a guy who, if you make if you ever played NBA two K twenty or two K whatever, if you play NBA two K and you make a guy who is who's a playmaker and you put all of his passing and agility skills and you leave all the other skills kind of low, you, and then you give him a bunch of talented players to play around. That's what Lonzo Ball is doing right now. He's just like, all right, my passing skills are high. oh here you go, Demar, here you go, Zach. He's having a, a time of his life. Um, and also the best thing about it is when he was he, when he was with the Lakers, the the offense. See, the first year he played pretty well. Notice that first year yeah. he played pretty well. Why? Yeah. Because the offense ran through him. Then he went. Mm-hmm. Then he played with LeBron James. The offense didn't run through him. Played terrible. Then he went to the Pelicans, where the offense sometimes ran through him. He played a little bit better. And then he w- he became a catch and shoot guy that helped his game a lot. He developed a good defensive skill. He learned how to shoot free throws better. So he did a lot of work in New Orleans for sure. Gets to Chicago. The offense is going to run through you, Lonzo. You decide who gets the ball at all times. Yeah. Boom. He's one of the best point guards in the league. That's all it took. So that no question. He needs the offense to run through him to be fully to maximize his potential. I, I think a huge part of Lonzo's game too is that you can't just it, like uh, I feel like a, most some of these point guards like they're they're okay well there are point guards in the league where you you don't really have to respect their shot because it's just not usually there they know that they're a pass guy and, yes and they know they're not usually going to shoot they know their first their first tendency is to Rajon Rondo is to give the ball off it's not to shoot the ball right. I think a, a major part of Lonzo's game that's improved is his shot. So you have to respect him as a shooter too. And now you finally put it, you know, you put a, you know what the bulls did for Lonzo that, that the Lakers didn't and that, that the Pelicans didn't, they put an unselfish team around him. Yes. He, he once once Lonzo becomes unselfish, everyone else does too. I, it's, it, you see it. It's so obvious. Like Lonzo sets the tone, but everyone so- buys in. In so LA, you had all these guys. You in LA, you had a lot of me, me, me guys, right? Then you had AD in in. Then you had AD down there in Louisiana, and you know for the Pelicans, just me, 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 give me the ball. You know, now it's it's now you put Lonzo with these four other guys that don't care if they get the ball or not, and you know you're like the, you, you've surrounded him with unselfish talent, win. and now he just gets, to, dude. Some of the passes he's made this year have been they've been highlight reel style. Oh, absolutely! He's he's a phenomenal player, and his brother his brother Lamelo is is obviously more talented on the ball. Like he can make these crazy circus shots, kind of like Curry uh, and Trey Young. So he's definitely has that on his brother. Like I don't see Lonzo ever becoming that guy. Um, like that off the ball, ridiculous shooter, you know, spacing the floor, like, like LaMelo does, uh, be, and also LaMelo does really, really well with, with, uh, his guys that he has. Um, but I think that Lonzo in contrast to his brother, and here's the thing, his brother might grow into this, but his, but Lonzo is a much better defender than his brother. And I mm-hmm. feel like other guys can play with Lonzo easier than they can play with LaMelo. LaMelo is a little bit wild. You know what I mean? Like he's a little wild with the ball. He's a little reckless. Sometimes he makes some crazy passes, a little bit too flashy at times. Lonzo's all about his business. He's just like, all right, boys get into position pass. He doesn't, you know what I chalk that up to though? You know what I would chalk that up to the, his age. age. Yeah, you're right. 
It'll take as, time for Lamelo. As Lamelo gets older, I think he's going to develop more like Lonzo and the patience. Because Lonzo's patience wasn't there when he first came in. He True. was kind of like Lamelo, you know. Yep. He was a he little didn't bit have as reckless, much raw talent. Yeah. A little careless, you know. So 100%. I think. What's up? I said that's 100% true, yeah. So I think LaMelo could kind of mellow out a little bit and calm it, you know, he'll he'll calm down as I think as he gets older and he's like, because let's be honest, dude, he's still a, a real young kid in an NBA that's like the NBA, a lot of guys don't hit their prime until like year four, year five, you know, year four. Oh, he's super young. Yeah, he's, he's what know? is he, 20? So. Yeah. Let's see what he looks like in like three, you know, after three seasons. And I think he's going to look more like Lonzo where he's the patience with the ball is going to be there. I think the confidence is, is, is extremely high too for the ball brothers because Lonzo even said uh, the other day when he was in the press conference, I was watching it. He said, um, you know, uh, he's, a, he, he had fun playing his brother and the next time he'll probably see him is in the all-star game or one of the next times he sees him is in the all-star game. I, I liked that because he basically is saying that we're going to be the all, you know, we're going to be all stars together and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think that that's, that's one, it's true. Popularity definitely matters. And uh, LaMelo, and also he said, he knows the Hornets know what they have in LaMelo. And that's definitely true too. He's, he's a huge, um, he's a big talent. LaMelo is, and you're, you're right. In a couple of years, who knows how good he could be. Look, I, I can see the, I can see the patience developing in him though. You know, he's gotten better from from last year. I mean, his his field goal percentage is up, uh, I think, uh, two or three percent, and his points per game is up four points. So he's definitely uh, better offensively than he was last year. Uh, there, there's a lot of potential interesting. there. That's an interesting fact. So Lamelo yes, played in Australia. He's getting better before he, but Australia yes. and New Zealand before he played in in the NBA. So he does. So that's that's interesting because so he does have more experience than we thought than I thought at least. So he he was on the so he was on the um he was on Lithuania first, and then he went to New Zealand for a little while I believe, and then or it could be it could have been the other way around. But then he went to the NBL and he was on the Illawarra Hawks. The mm-hmm. Illawarra Hawks are one of the best teams. Uh, well, it's not one of the best teams, but that's one of the best leagues. The NBL is one of the best leagues. Uh, in in the world, it's probably the third or fourth best league. So he was, and, and he played against grown men. Lamelo didn't play that well in the NBL. It should be noted, but he had a few games that broke records in yeah, the that, league. Yeah, that, that broke so, all sorts of records. Yeah, he, he he had a few bad games too. Uh, you know, he was playing. Yeah, he's playing against like forty year olds and stuff. And they're they're more aggressive over there than they are in the NBA. They don't. There's no tiki. There's not as many tiki tack fouls. So he he knows how to play. Uh, and he came in the league, and honestly, I would say I, I I still am shocked, still shocked at the at the, at the jump in skill that he's gained in the last two years. He yeah. was not this good in the NBL. I, I there's no way you can convince me he was that good in the NBL. He he took a huge leap. So let's finish the show off with the final topic here on in the NBA. And I, me and you have talked a lot about a lot about this in the you know off camera. How how good is Steph Curry playing right now? How, oh, he God. is, he is, and the scariest part about this, right? The Warriors and Steph Curry are still without players. They're still without Clay Thompson, and I believe there's one other person. James Wiseman, and Wiseman, yeah, yeah, like, and they're <laughs> they're tied for first place in the league. Like that, I'm gonna say it right now. You can mark it down, and 
you can mark it down. They're going to win a title this year. Whoa. So, all right, you're, you're going to make a big hot take. You're going to make a huge talk, hot take about the Warriors. I got one, too. Let's Golden, talk about yours Golden first. State is going to win the championship this year. You think Golden State's going to win the championship? I think they have about as good of a chance as anyone. And I was listening to the Draymond Green podcast, and he was talking about just having Andre, because Andre Udall was on there, too. And he was talking about just having Andre back and having that voice back in the, in the locker room, how big that's been. And he was also talking about, Clay Thompson's, uh, rather how he, how where he's at mentally. He was talking about where he's at mentally, which is this: Clay Thompson is as hungry as he's ever been. He's off. He's been off the court. The last time we saw Clay Thompson on the court, everybody was the Raptors versus the Warriors game. Everyone forgets, like they just kind of like forget. Well, I guess that there might have been like a moment he got back on, but mostly he's been off the. The last big game we saw him in was that game, and yeah. that and it he is so hungry. He is as hungry as you could possibly be. Not only that, but he is balling in the G League, everybody. If you did not see the clips, he's coming, boys and, and girls. He is he, Clay Thompson is coming back, and he is ready. He, his knees look good. Now, I hope he can stay healthy, obviously. He's had plenty of time, but he's coming back. He looks really good in the G League, and I know it's the G League, but he they keep on giving the ball. like He's bringing the ball to the court. He's the point guard. He's everything. He's taking all the shots, and he's looking really good. So, uh, you work him back in. You got Jordan Poole playing well. You got uh, what's his name, Toscano Anderson. He's one of the best wing defenders in the league. You got Draymond Green playing really well. You got Steph Curry, who I'll talk about in a second. But I, you got Steph Curry. I'm just gonna say, and then you got James Wiseman, who could be one of the top ten centers in this league someday. Could be. He has the potential. Now I don't know if he will be. But he's that's got why that potential. That's why I made my prediction, man. That's why I made my prediction. Like it, that team, when Clay and Wiseman come back, because they will be marked. They're coming back. Clay like is coming said, back for sure. They like, are going to be back before the end of the season. And it, watch out! Watch out! You think you think Clay is hungry. You think Steph's playing good right now? Wait till you wait have till to focus Clay. on. Wait till you have to focus on Wiseman and Clay on the court at the same time. For Steph real. is that team is going to be stupid good. They will they will run rough shot on the like. They, I'm telling you, they are going to win the title this year. It, it, you say they're going to win the title this year. I say it might take them. And here's the thing: I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. They might win the title this year. I'm not willing to just like say you're 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 going bolder than I am. But I will say they might take them time to get Clay back into the rhythm and Wiseman or whatever. But if they can get back into rhythm fast, who the heck is going to stop them? Nobody. Yeah. If no they one. if 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 Clay comes back full tilt, if even Clay comes back full tilt, full Clay tilt, it's over. They're, they might even not lose a game anymore, dude. They might go 73 and nine season again, like they did. Like it, it's, it's freaking over. Uh, and um, no, that's a bold prediction. And I have another, I have another thing to say that I think I'm going to get a lot of hate for. So, I, do you mind I, if I say it? Oh no, you know, let's focus I on wanna, yours for a second. I, I want to hear your, your, your take on Steph because he's, I mean, the kid is just playing at such a ridiculous level. I dude. I've never like Jordan. I'm Jordan and Kobe. Jordan and Kobe are the only two guys I've ever seen play at the level he's playing at right now. Like those are the only two. 
Those are literally the only two guys. And then if you really want to go back far, you know, if you really want to go back, like Bird and Johnson, you know, like like the kid is just playing on a stupid level right now. I think that Steph Curry, and I'm just going to say it, I think that Steph Curry is the second greatest player in the history of basketball. I think that Stephen Curry is not just the greatest shooter of all time, which he is. There's no question about that. I think that he is the second best basketball player of all time behind only Michael Jordan. And he could pass Michael Jordan someday. Let me tell you why. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, the game is soft and everything. Well, they did just change the rules to where you can guard people and you can basically hand check them past the three point line. Steph didn't slow down. He sped up. He's shooting more three pointers. Now he's shooting deeper three pointers. Now, like James Harden, He's done. Like his career is taking a giant hit from that rule. That rule screwed him really hard. Curry got better. This is a huge move, guys. Like you can no longer say, oh, Steph had the easy way. If he was in the 90s, they'd hand check him. They're doubling him at the opposite free throw. No one in the history of basketball has ever been doubled behind half court like that. Ever. That's never happened. Look up the after this podcast is over, guys. I want everyone to look up the video. I think it's by like uh, Hoops Central or something like that. Called no, the it, Cur- it is. It's 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 Hoops Central. Yeah, they the did Curry it, yeah. effect. The Curry effect. Yeah. Look it up. It is fascinating, and it's convinced me that Steph is the second best player of all time, behind only Michael Jordan. And by that, I mean impact. You have to guard him throughout the entire court, like from half court. And above, he has to be doubled. If you don't double Curry at half court, you will get a three-point in your face. Steph Curry is shooting 46% on 15 shots. or No, it's like 13 to 15. He's shooting in teens, in the teens. And he's making 46%. No one's ever even come close to this level of offensive efficiency. Not even remotely close. And not only that, but there's been multiple times in the last year, 2021, where Kerr, they've been up by like 40. Kerr's like, all right, you scored 50 points, get out. Or 45, get out, you're done. They've Dude, set I've him down. Game, I've seen games where Steph is sitting the entire fourth quarter. Like, he doesn't right. even have to be on the court. If you're telling me that that's not the most dominant offensive unit we've ever seen. And the reason why I say Jordan's better is because Jordan was dominant. Like, he was a two-way dot. Like, he'll shut down your best player and dunk in your face no matter yeah. what. Yeah, that's why I give Jordan LeBron's never LeBron. I don't care. Like I love LeBron. Oh, I don't love LeBron. LeBron but I love LeBron's LeBron talent. Would never LeBron he could would never, never have the defense that Jordan had. In high life says Chamberlain and Kobe. Those are the only people. And well, Bird. Here's the thing about Bird though. This is the only reason I'm not going to put Bird in this conversation. He didn't last long enough. His back gave out on him. Bird could have been in that conversation, but Curry's already been in the league longer than Bird. So that's kind of well, not well, just about as long as Bird now. So that's that's kind of where I bird you know as bird as great as bird is bird had the raw talent of anybody. Chamberlain was dominant, but I just the, the people he faced against I can't talk about it. Kobe was hurt all the time, and not only that, but people didn't you you didn't double Kobe Bryant past the half court. You didn't do that. You just didn't. Kobe was great, and you did have to double him at times. But if you don't double Curry past the half court, you're dead. If you don't stop him you're dead that no we've never seen that 
We've never seen that. Even Trey Young is not that efficient yet. He's got like a 43, 41% clip, and he does. He only shoots, well, like nine. Th- it's, Curry's at like 13 a game sometimes. Dude. He is ridiculous. So he's broken the game of basketball. I'm just saying that, that like, find me a better – and when it's all said and done – Find me a better player than Steph Curry. Like I think he could play till he's forty with with the type of game he plays. You did make an interesting point. It is it is funny how like well it's 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 I should say it's not it's the back injury to Bird really derailed. I think what could have been a long like he could have played for a long time. He's a big guy, you know, he's, he's kind of bumbling and, and not bashing him because the fact that he's bumbling, you know what I mean? He's kind of like me. He's kind of a bumbling guy and he's, he's so talented, like unbelievably skilled. Larry Bird was like, if you just watch the tapes, it's unreal how skilled he was. But when, he, when you are bumbling like that, when you aren't as like symmetrical as a guy like Steph Curry, as small and compact as a guy like Steph Curry, I don't know if you can last as long as that. And Curry, Curry's going to last 20 years. Curry's going to last 20 years. He's going to have more threes than anyone could even dream of having. Uh, and the only ones who will even come close to his records are like Trey Young, maybe. And that's if he if he doesn't get hurt. You know what I mean? So, and Curry, the thing about Curry, it's not just about, okay, he can shoot all these threes and he's so efficient and he gets guarded from half court. He's also one of the best passers in the league and one of the best ball handlers ever. So yeah. there's so many. And also he leads, he's a top 10 steals leader every year. So he is a, a good defensive player. He does get physically dominated. That's the only thing working against him. That's why I think he'll never really his pass. Si- his size on the defensive end is what hurts him the most. And that's why people will argue he'll never be better than LeBron and Kobe. But I think if you get doubled from half court, and if you don't get doubled from half court, you win every time. It's hard for me to say that anyone's better than you offensively, at least. It's hard because... It's unbelievable. It, it sets your team up for success. Wiggins, Porter, and everyone, they're all having the some of the best seasons they've had in years because of Curry. It's like it's all Curry. It's the Curry effect. Look it up after the podcast. Yeah, that's no, I, it's it that's an interesting argument, though. Like who who like is has it Steph earned? Cause has he earned that right this young in his, you know, this young to to be put in the conversation with names like, like, you know, like bird Chamberlain magic, you know, Kobe. I think um, we should start talking about it, but you're right. They, they need, well, I think they need to start winning too. Like winning, if you win a couple more titles, we have to start talking about it. Cause like, obviously Jordan's the top. And then it's like, yeah. then you have like magic Kobe bird Chamberlain, you know, Chamberlain, Russell, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have, you have guys like that. If number two is open right now, in my opinion, and Curry is making a case. That's what I'm trying to say. He, the level that the, like, I, 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 dude, we haven't seen a guy play like this in a in a. I think what me and you are both trying to say is that we haven't seen a guy play like like this on a level like this in a long time. Well, yes, and, and the thing is, the thing about it is, he's not LeBron is a great player. Like High Life makes the point, as much hate as LeBron get from Miami, he still strikes fears in people for 21 seasons. Curry, not so much. Well, first of all, I would say that I completely disagree that Curry doesn't strike fear into people. Curry has struck fear into people since 2014. He is terrifying. Like if you, like I said, if you don't guard him from half court, you lose. That's if you don't double him from half court, you lose. So that alone right there will strike fear into you as a defender. Uh, but the thing I would say about LeBron is, he is way too reliant upon other people. 
and it, he is so reliant upon other people. And and he's and I will never ever ever hear the argument that LeBron didn't have help. I'll never hear it. Like yeah, sure, a few years they they were you know injured and stuff. That them's the ropes though. That that's what happens. So I won't hear the oh he didn't have any well, help. Listen, like LeBron had a lot of great- help. Every great player, Bird, Magic, Kobe, LeBron, uh, uh, Russell, you know, um, Chamberlain, all of these guys had had they had some people. They had some people around them because it's it's I mean, at its heart, the, it's a team game. So, you, you know, mm-hmm. you got to be able to at least have some supporting cast. Well, sure. But it's it's also it's just like LeBron had in Miami's first title. He had uh, he had. A bunch of hall, he had like four Hall of Famers on his team, so that was that was good, you know. Good, you got a first title, that's great. Uh, second title, he had Ray Allen bail him out at the end. He definitely mm-hmm. was not the reason why he won that title, so that's you know, the first title he dominated that whole year and he was really good. Second title, he got bailed out at the end, who and they had a wishy washy year, they had kind of like a hangover. And then his Cleveland years, I'd say that that for like that prime for like three years in Cleveland from like 2015 to 2019, maybe three or four years, LeBron, that's the best LeBron we'll ever see. And then maybe we'll be the, maybe that four years was the best prime we'll ever see in basketball history. That was an incredible prime. No, no disrespect it, it to him. The way, the Amazing. way he took that Cavaliers team and put that team on his back. And like it, dude, he like, he, he like would not be denied that title. He literally would not be denied that, that championship. He was like, I'm not. He's he, he put had those years back where... and said, and basically said, "We're not losing. We're not losing this game. We're not losing this title." In that in that small window of time, he reached Jordan level, but I think he's fallen off since then. Since then, I even his last title in 2020, he was not the reason why he won. He okay, I shouldn't take that back. He was one of the reasons he won. But definitely he, wasn't the main he contributed. One. He wasn't AD the main was one. amazing. AD was dominating. They they were hitting shots. The bench was playing well. Dwight Howard seemed to have a resurgence. Everything seemed to work for them in the bubble. The bench too. The bench. Everyone the bench played too. well. You can't say that. No, 2016 title, that was all LeBron. So I would say here, I would say this 2012 and 2016, those two titles, all LeBron. Full credit, no excuses. You dominated. You had a couple teammates that played well, but you were the reason that you won those titles. 20, 2013, where Ray Allen bailed them out. In 2020, it's like, yeah, you were you were definitely part of it. You were part of it. But Jordan, right? Jordan, like, yeah, the Bulls made the 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 final four that one time, and then they got shit on by the by Shaq and everybody. Like they got crapped on by the by the Eastern Conference. Whereas when Jordan came back, nobody stopped him. Like when Jordan was in full swing with his team, there was nothing you could do about it. It was it was unbelievably uh, dominant. He was going to dominate you, and I think that Curry is reaching that level too, where he's always been this incredible player, where his talent has it's kind of like Wilt Chamberlain freak talent, but it's with the shooting. It's that t- and the passing too. Really, he has a great passer. He's a great setup man. Um, so that's that's kind of what I was talking about. Like Curry, I okay. If you're choosing a franchise, bro, let me ask you this really quick. Who are you choosing? So you have every single player in the history of basketball in their prime right now, leading up to this point. Who are you choosing? Who are you choosing? Are you choosing LeBron or Curry? I'm choosing Curry, personally. That's just me. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Curry over LeBron. But it's I'm not, taking Curry. It, it's it, it's close though. It's close. I would. It take is close. Curry, but- 
Oh yeah, we're splitting hairs, definitely. You know what? You want like you made an interesting point, and I one thousand percent agree with it too. Jo um, LeBron in the Cavs title when he carried them to a title that he that one series that title you know that 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 NBA championship series that with that 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 was that was Jordan level, and then he oh, fell yeah. off. You know, what I mean, that was like he was I, satisfied. I agree, he, I agree that he temporarily reached Jordan. He level. did. He might have even passed it for, you a, know for I mean? a short window. He temporarily but... was at that level. The reason why Jordan, I think all these years is, was so good. was because he got to this level and he never left it and he never got, left it. He got bored of being there. Went to go play baseball and then, yeah, all right, I'll come back. I'm not bored anymore. Got back to the level. won three more. Like yeah. He was, and then before that, when he was, when he was a solo Maverick, he was just, I mean, it's like, it's like Curry last year when Curry was alone and he didn't have clay and Draymond was hurt half the time and Wiseman was hurt. Curry's just like, all right, screw it. 45 a game. That's what, that's what Jordan did. That, that's what I'm saying. LeBron doesn't have that in him. When things aren't going well with his team, he's just like, God, guys. I remember that one. Remember when he went, this is what makes me sick about LeBron. Remember when he won against, I think it was the Raptors, and it was like a seven-game series and stuff like that. And, uh, and like, at the end of the series, he's just, like, laying on the couch. They're, like, interviewing the whole thing. They're, like, they won the Eastern Conference. And he's just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I had to carry this team so hard. You know, my back hurts so bad. It's like, dude, nobody wants to hear that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. So that's why yeah. I choose Curry over him. Your attitude says everything. And Curry's attitude is we're winning every single game all the time. And yeah. I like that attitude. So his mentality is higher. So I put him above LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. He but, said uh, he can't even dunk. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, like I, I agree. Like for that, for that one series, for that championship series, he got there. He got to the, he got to the top of the mountain, but Jordan got there and never and never came down that's that's the thing with him like that's why jordan is the greatest he will in my opinion until somebody knocks him off forever be the goat because he got to that level and never left it ever when he and he and he left and he comes back four years later when he's like almost 40 years old and he's still and, and that's the thing when he left the league people were still like well he's still the best player in the world and they said that for like five years even though he was retired so they were like almost disrespecting everyone else who was still in the league just because he was that good. He left that yeah. much of a mark on society. LeBron doesn't have that type of legacy. He's going to be the Jordan will be the goat until somebody knocks him off. And I, mm -hmm. it's you want to talk the amount of talent and skill and and level of success that it's going to take to knock Michael Jordan off the top of the mountain. Yeah, is. I, I don't do. I don't even think Curry can do that. But I think I'm Curry can get number two. Years old, and I don't think I'm going to see it in my lifetime. I, I don't think so either. Just because, like, we're not. We we have to compare era by era. If Jordan, some people are like, well, if Jordan was in this in this era, then he would just be Demar Derozan. Well, maybe that's true, but we'll never know, will we? All we yeah. can do is judge the era. And in the era, Jordan was above basketball. He yeah. was he was above basketball. LeBron has never been above basketball. He just has as great as he is. He's a phenomenal talent. He's like a Carl Malone level of talent. He's a Tim Duncan level talent. He's he's right up there with the top ten of all time. There's no way that you could argue he's not top ten. But Jordan transcended the sport. He did, 
And I would take Curry. I'd take Kobe. I'd take a lot of people over LeBron. And a lot of people would disagree with me. And you know what? That's fine. But I think mentality, attitude, that matters a lot more to me. You know what I mean? It just, it does. And Jordan's mentality was, we're going to kill you. We're going to rip your throat out. So, yeah, he shook you to your core. Exactly. Everyone's, yeah, the chat gets it. They get it. He'll always be the GOAT. It'll be hard to pass him. You really have to just crap all over your era to to pass Jordan. And I don't even know if anyone would do it. That's what I mean. Like, the the level like you know what i'm t- the level of success that he had and stayed at for so long i, I just don't think i i don't think there's there's going to be anybody that Hard to in get. my lifetime that's going to match that and the only guy i think that that will even be in the conversation in this era now is is steph curry because he's got the think about this too so so LeBron is is come as he descends, you know, back down to earth because LeBron is descending. He is. He's thirty eight years. He's about to be thirty eight years old. LeBron is yeah. descending down to yeah. earth, no matter what, because he's getting older and it's basketball. That's just the way it is. Even MJ did. So yeah. he's coming down to earth. Curry is thirty two <laughs> or thirty three, maybe. I think he just turned thirty three. Think about he's this. He's still, still up got, there. Steph's probably Steph probably still has five more years of like yes. elite play in him ring potential time so yeah so he definitely and, and who, who's gonna who's gonna stop him besides maybe Giannis that's the only I was, one I think see you just took it right out of yeah the only the only team the only person in the league that could possibly stop you know the only team it's that could KD possibly either. stop that team is Milwaukee don't tell me it's KD KD is the same problem with LeBron only even worse KD has rabbit ears he's he's more worried about what they're saying about him in the newspaper or the freaking social media than he is about winning a title Steph is singularly focused and so is Clay and so are the entire the the Warriors have developed kind of like what the Patriots have they have this like this this like system and they want and it runs through Steph Curry much like the Tom Brady ran you know what I mean Tom Brady ran the Patriot way it's like that's what they're trying to foster, and they're doing a damn good job <laughs> because even without Clay Thompson and their number one pick, James Wiseman, they're still number one in the, in the NBA. So it's it's pretty fascinating. Uh, he said Pippen was their shot. Yeah, Pippen. No, Pippen deserves a lot of credit, just like Clay Thompson does, and so does Draymond yeah. Green. Obviously, yeah. I, I'm not trying to despair. That's the thing. Pippen's getting all butt hurt because everyone loved on Jordan for a year, and he wants his own love. It's like, dude, Pippen like. Everything that they're saying good about Jordan, you should be like, yeah, I was right. I was right there with it. You know, don't talk down to KD. But here's the thing, man. KD made a bad choice. Like, if I were KD, I would have taken less money, stayed in Golden State, and bought into this dynasty. But instead, he wants to be the man in a crappy team, crappy franchise. And and See, this and, is yeah. what I don't understand about a lot of these guys, right? Th- this is what the league has turned it. We'll we'll end it on this, right? Th- this is what mm-hmm. the league has turned into, right? It's they're it's almost like they've gotten away from like like I'm gonna get one ring, I'm gonna get one ring, and that's good. And and then I'll go I'll go somewhere and I'll just collect a massive pity and I'll play the sport that I love for the rest of my life and kind of half ass it, right? Right. That's how I see it at least. But no, but that's 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 what a lot of it is. Like like if KD was smart, he'd have said, all right, I got an opportunity here with the Golden State Warriors to be here for 10 seasons, and we may have one or two off years, but we got the potential to win seven rings. Think about how unselfish Steph is really quick. Think about that. So Steph said, 
all right, Katie, stuff like that matters to you where people say you're the best or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Here, you can be the finals MVP. You can take the final shots. You can be the focus. You can be all this stuff. And Katie still said, well, people are still saying you're better than me, and they're still on social media saying you're carrying the team. And look, Steph is carrying the team. They're even better than they were with KD. They were winning even more. Like, Steph has always been better than KD. And I think, like, KD knows that deep down. And Steph is so unselfish. He said, dude, just take take all the trophies, take all the love, take all the glory, take the statue if you want. He doesn't care. Steph just wants the titles and the victories and the winning. But he doesn't need KD. And it's pathetic that KD literally needs all the laurels and the love on social media in order to validate himself. It's honest, It's honestly pathetic. It really is. I think KD, I think a lot less of KD uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, High Life says the Nets are the next NBA champions. You know what, bro? If they are, I will eat my words. And you can come on this podcast and trash me if you want to. You can say, I told you so, all this <laughs> shit. I don't see it ever happening, especially with their dysfunction and with James Harden's rules. Like, he lost 10 points a game. Are we not going to talk about that? He is yeah. not the same yeah. guy anymore because they're checking him at the three-point line now, but, and he can't just get these the, calls. The league like, oh, is God, just, it's like, just so just to end it, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it will just end it on this, right? It, it, it's it's with the, the different, like you player. said, the different eras, like the different eras, and it, and like no matter the rule changes and the error, like and the errors, regardless of like until someone knocks Jordan off that pinnacle, and I mean to knock him off the pinnacle, wh- what it's gonna take is. Is going to be like other. They're like they're going to have to do what Jordan did. You, you, even the casual fan who might watch three NBA games a year knew who he was. Even the guy who doesn't watch basketball at all knew who Michael Jordan was. He tra- until you get a player that's that good that they can transcend a sport. That's what it's going to take to to knock Jordan off of that pinnacle. And like I said, I'm 36 years old. I don't think I'm going to see it in my lifetime. The NBA's ratings have fluctuated since Jordan retired anywhere from one to 15 million viewers a game. And I think the peak was around 20 uh, during the uh, finals runs with the LeBron, the Cavs and the, and the Warriors and stuff like that. But when Jordan left, when he peaked the NBA, when he was at the top of his game and everyone was watching 40, in the 96, think, right? it was around 40 mil. Yeah, 40. Yeah, it was 40, 40 million. Mil. So you had to double the interest that you got going on. LeBron James, as good as he is, man, you don't got 40 million people watching you every night, bro. You don't. Not that, even at your but best. That, even that your again, best. just goes to show the level of transit. Like he was, like you said it perfectly. He was, Michael, Michael Jordan was bigger than the sport. He was bigger than the sport, and it's, it's. He was, uh, like honestly, I really ho- like Steph is a fun player to watch. He is. He's a very mm-hmm. entertaining guy to watch. He he's that team. Golden State is they they. That's a good. That's a really good basketball team. You know that is they About play. To get better. So, they, they do. They, they do. They're they they're good. They're really good. Next it's just time. Gonna be, it's going to be entertaining. It's just going to be entertaining to see how this season shakes out and, and see how, how, you know, when wait when they finally do get Wiseman and, and clay back on the court, because I'm sorry to say guys, they are going to get them back this year. They are. And you add At those two guys, 
you add probably Wiseman has the a massive potential, massive potential to be to be really, really good. And then we all you know exactly what you get with Clay Thompson, and it that team is just going to be hot. Like they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat. I don't know if Milwaukee can do it again. I, I don't think they could. I don't know. They're, to go through that team, they got a good go roster. That but team, I don't know, man. I don't know if tough. Milwaukee can do it for sure. Next time we should talk about. We won't get into it now. It'll be too much. But next time we should get into who the Warriors will have to put on the bench whenever, because they're playing really well. Who will the Warriors have to put on the bench? So we'll talk about that next time. That'll be interesting to discuss whenever Clay comes back and Wiseman. No, absolutely. But that's I think that's all we got for you guys tonight. So much, much appreciated. Great episode. Thanks, for, guys. For uh, all of the support, guys. Always good to sit here and chat with y'all. Once again, if you're listening on iHeart, uh, thanks again. Thank you again. If you're interested, the uh, show is broadcast live on Beantown Breakdown. That's the Best YouTube channel, channel name. Beantown Breakdown is the uh, uh, channel that uh, we broadcast this podcast live on. So if you're interested in participating in the chat and coming and hanging out with us while we do the live show, you are more than welcome to if you're listening on iHeart. Um, also, JD, can you put the um, i90 Sports, your can I you will. Put that channel uh, link in there? So the i90 Sports Talk uh, YouTube channel is where my, uh, my guy over here takes our show and... Um, and basically chop, chops the set the segments up. So if you're interested in just listening to a certain segment back, um, JD's channel I90 Sports uh, I90 Sports Talk, I believe, here it uh, is. is is um is where you can find the the uh, the chopped up and edited version of the show where all the segments are basically their own video. So. Um, absolutely and if you guys aren't please please if you're not please subscribe to that channel because that is where once again we we upload the uh edited version of the show the chopped up edited version of it but thanks again guys once again for anybody listening back on iheart uh me and jd greatly greatly appreciate you guys we always have a good time the live crew is always uh live chats always always jumping we appreciate the participation too. You guys give us a lot of different topics to talk about too. And that's, that's always, you know, always good to uh, make sure that you guys uh, feel like you're a part of the show. Cause we, you like definitely we, are. We couldn't, yeah, we couldn't do it without yeah, you guys. So it's, it is greatly appreciated. So once again, y'all um, thank you to the iHeart crowd for listening. Thank you to the YouTube crowd for watching. Thank you so much. And we love you guys. Me and JD appreciate you all of your continued support. We're out. Call of Duty after? Call of Duty. Yes, sir. Ontario plays. Call of Duty. Let's go. All right. Pew, pew. <laughs> Once again, yeah. Pew, pew time. All right. We appreciate you guys. We love y'all. Thank you again <laughs> for the iHeart crowd. If you're, when you're, if, uh, if you're listening to the, listening back to it, we love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Love you guys. Me and JD are gone for tonight. Episode 20 in the books. Episode no 20. Bear down. Let's go, baby. See red. See <laughs> red. We're going to win it all. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. We're out. Peace. Peace.